What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI. I love you. XOXO episode 48. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the new face of video games for a few weeks longer. Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. Greg, I'm very tired today. Junior. I stayed up late Junior. last night. I was playing chess. I don't uh-huh. know if you heard about oh, this. I've been, I've been very into playing chess lately. Hey, you were also no, playing Fortnite with me, remember? Yeah, but that was like until like 1030. It, that's late for like, you, though. Because right, you're like, oh, I'm it's go Sunday. To I gotta go to bed. But yeah, when but you, cause... First off, I was there, too. I don't know why I'm being excluded from the story. I was playing as well. Wait, for real? Yeah. You stopped playing and Joey joined. Yeah. 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 No, and Barry then... joined. No. Uh. That's what happened, though, because Barry was in the group. And then, like, I mean, we were I all in the, we were all in the kind of funny voice group on PS5. We were all chatting it up. Oh, right. Who yeah. was there? Who wasn't there? Who was playing? Who wasn't playing? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But Tim you was, just you said a bed. minute ago it did matter. Remember, you, you went said to bed that early, you were right? included. <laughs> well, you didn't include me in the story like I was there. I was there. I was I doing remember stuff. you been there the whole time. And then you're right, though, but, uh, Kevin. A blessing said he was going to go to bed early. Yeah. And, and he then got I just up. I think he actually started Phoenix. Immortal uh, Phoenix Rising. Yeah, you so, started Phoenix yeah. Rising, got beat by something because you stink at games, and you're like, I'm done, and you quit and left the <laughs> voice chat. Yeah, I quit the game, I quit the voice chat, left, turned off my PS5, uh, PS5, and I was like, I'm going to go to bed. And then instead of going to bed, instead I stayed up and I played chess online, and I watched a Tim Rogers video, a three-hour review of Pac-Man. Very good video. Highly recommend it. Wait, for real? Three-hour review of Pac-Man? Yeah, I'm only about an hour and ten minutes. Ago. You didn't even watch the full video. It's a long... I'm not going to sit for I'm three hours I'm doing math. Straight. You went to bed at 11.30 and you're saying you're tired? Uh, midnight, sorry. No, I went to bed at like 1 a.m. Because like, I... So... Keep in mind, yeah, Kevin, this is the man. This Mr. Adioye is the man who wouldn't p- commit to playing Fortnite with us a couple weeks ago at 10 p.m. on a Sunday because it was a school night. Here we find out at 3 a.m. though he's sitting there going, oh, yeah, what oh, yeah. about Blinky? What about the ghost? Tell me some well, more. Well, did you know that they all have different it's behaviors? I, see, I wasn't yes. aware of this. You, you, all you, pro- I know what the behaviors How are, How do you not too? know anything? Not know this that? is our history. Because I just played Pac-Man. I didn't really think too hard about how the ghosts would move and how like a specific There's ghost one that just goes random. Like, the pink one, I think, goes random. Cause like one of them go, I don't know the, them by name, but like one of them will basically like aim for four. Uh, uh, so like you weren't constantly ahead of you. You watch the video. Well, there's like there's like four. Of them. I'm not gonna memorize the Pac-Man. I only I got a limited space in this mind palace. Of mine. That's clear to everyone, Kevin. I got a limited space. First of all, Kevin, I don't like that tone. <laughs> I will drive. I will find your address first of all, and then I will drive, and then you've been know, to my home. I'll figure out what to do. You've been there. I have been to your home. I have been to your home. Probably get beaten by chess again by my wife. <laughs> I did get beaten by her. I like that's made its way on every time. show that we've done. <laughs> All two of them. People need to know. And that's the biggest thing about you, Blessing, is that people need to know. What does this mean? Nathan Showcat writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can to be part of the show and says, I know recording will start soon, so this may or not make it in time, but this is of the utmost importance. Greg. The people want to make sure there are no shenanigans going on with blessings trophies. Unless there's a game which is under embargo, parentheses, in which case it's totally understandable, end parentheses, one's trophy list should remain viewable for the world to see. What are you hiding, Mr. New Face of Video Games? That is Why all. Does thank it you matter? For what are you hiding? Why do people. We have this entire. Think about it this way. More. You're the one who, yeah, no, we already know. You say it all the time. You love to, you love to just rub it in our faces. Trophies don't matter to you. They, you don't care about mm-hmm. trophies. You take them or leave them. No big deal for trophies. So what? just show us what you got. Let us keep up with you. Let us look at Merc City 64 on PSN Profiles and see what's up. Because I'm there right now. Nothing. Uh, oh, no trophies here. This profile is probably private. What are you hiding, Blessing? What are you hiding, my dude? 
What do you got hidden in there? I just don't know why it matters. Why do you guys want to see what I'm playing? It's the like, meta what? of it. It's no, no, the no, no, meta it's of how it. you're playing it. Is what we want to see, not what you're playing. We don't care. Oh, that's about like what. an invasion of privacy, isn't it? Like, think about that. I mean, I guess if you got a lot to hide, that's fine. It's not a big deal. I mean, just remember you're in the same boat. Honestly, as I think Trump. what happened was when I set up my PS5, they like ask you a bunch of questions of, uh-huh. "Do you want your focus thing or whatever?" And I think I set all mine to private because I was in preview mode, uh, and I just never switched it. And I, I, I don't feel like going into the menus and switching it. And I realized that like now that I have everything hidden, everything. It, there's like a certain privacy that I get with that that feels kind of nice. I you like gave be, that I, li- up. I like being mysterious. You gave that up when you came to kind of funny. You gave out the right for me to give out your phone number on the air yep. for people yep. to look at your trophies. You said that and host meet and greets at your house. Yep. All right. That I was part of the contract. The first one or the last one. Also, your glasses, I don't know if you know this. They're like yellow. Like the, yeah. the, the yeah, they're glasses. gunners. They're gunners. So uh, cool. I, I'm thank you. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, I have <laughs> I you're not off the hook. I like when you distract me. You're not off the hook. Uh, so the week before Thanksgiving, so not last week, but the week before, I mm-hmm. guess I really, I don't know what it is. Something has shifted in my mm-hmm. setup. And I think it's one of those, maybe I'm sitting too close to this screen. I have the color of my lights here, yellow, like a more golden sun thing. But I gave myself wicked eye strain. And so oh, like, really? I've been like coaxing myself back. Like I've been trying to do less, which is of course impossible since my entire job is looking at the camera and the lights and the screens. So I took Thanksgiving as easy as I could. And then uh, it's been better. And I've been using some eye drops, but then yeah, today just to be safe, I'm, I'm doing this. I ordered, of course, gunners. I've, I've had these forever and ever and ever and ever. I think Colin used to make fun of me in the old days in the spare better when I used them under the hot lights. Yep. But I ordered a pair of movement glasses like Andy has, because those are more like uh, mm. not as obvious, but yeah, I don't want to. Can't fuck up these guys. You know what I mean? Is that so? Is that why you're wearing the Juness shirt? Because they go with the glasses? Because that's like the first thing I noticed is that you're wearing yellow on yellow, and it looks very stylish. Thank you. No, it's just because earlier today we did in review, and I wore these, and of course Nick made fun of me as he often does. Mm. And so then I was so chilly, and I went in there to get a sweatshirt, and I was like, oh, this kind of looks these these kind of yeah. this kind of goes it works. together. Oh, so you, it was a fashion choice. That's cool. <laughs> it was gonna be a sweatshirt no matter what, and then yeah, I was like, oh, Persona Four right. Golden sweatshirt. Why not? Because yeah. it goes like the yellow podcast. It all lines yeah. up. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, topic of the show. All right, yeah, let's get it. We're having a great show. I forget what we were talking about Did before. You we didn't know. No, no, I'm doing it right now. So okay. about to lead Sorry, he said topic of the show. And what did you say? And what did you say? When the what? thing, when it, when it did the pronunciation at the end, you said something. Jedi. <laughs> Jedi. Kevin are you saying it like Wada or are you saying it like the Emperor? Emperor. Oh, okay. He de- Kevin is doing this new thing now where before any show starts, he says he says something super random to throw the whole saw. Just with Bless. And part of me gets pissed off by it. The other part of me respects it. You like it. it. You like it, Bless. It got, it got you to start the show with a little smile on. Rewind. Go watch the it show. Did. He wasn't it smiling did. before that. He was also, he was like. And then after Kevin, Kevin, Kevin shout out to your solidarity for wearing glasses with me and Bless. Hey, I, so I started playing Fortnite and it's burning my eyes. I've been playing with Bear and telling him my, my eyes are burning. Kevin, you and me are the same age. It's just our bodies are starting to fail us. You know, they're starting to turn you're against like us. Eight years older than me, I believe. Mm-hmm. That is not right. What are you again? I'm thirty. Yeah, see me too. <laughs> if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PS. I love you, XOXO. Each and every week, me and Blessing and usually Kevin come together to nerd out about all things PlayStation. You like that for some reason, so you go to patreoncom games where, of course, you can be part of the show. You can write in with your own questions. You can give us your PSN profiles. You can now submit 
your uh, photo mode challenges for the week. And of course, oh, so much more. You can get the show ad free. You can get it with the exclusive post show. You can watch things like Bless Way and Greg Way. You call it Bless Up, though. You, you, you screwed yeah. me up. You did, you know, you said bless weight in January, and that was the like end of week one, and I changed yeah, about I week two. And I can't do it. recovered. <laughs> <laughs> We're simple people. Have you put up uh, bless up yet? No, I just recorded it earlier today, and so it should yeah, be up too, either today or tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get mine up. Uh, of course, enough of that, though. Uh, most importantly, you get the show ad-free. Remember, of course, that's patreon.com slash games for a brand spanking new episode of PS I Love You XOXO. However, if you have no bucks tossed our way, no big deal. Oh, you can watch live, just like J6, Eric, and Rex Zor are. Uh, if you don't want to toss us any bucks, though, no big deal. YouTube.com slash games Podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morn for an episode that's never been heard before unless you're one of the patrons getting the post show, getting it live, doing all that jazz. Uh, housekeeping for you. That was a good one. I like a good pregnant pause, you know? That was good because I was like, for a second, I was like, oh, is it something that I'm supposed to do? Like, No, <laughs> we- no, you got nothing there. No, you got nothing. Housekeeping for you. Be like our Patreon producers, Blackjack, Tom Bach, ALWT Gaming, Kevin is the best Christmas elf, Jeffrey, peep, 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 pee long, Sancho West Gaming, and James Hastings. Real quick, record scratch. You might be listening to this on Tuesday going, wait a second, Greg. I gave you money to be a Patreon producer in December. Why am I not part of the show? Remember, we recorded this in November. This is still November. It's one of the rare ones where the things cross over. I assure you nothing has gone wrong. We know you're a Patreon producer. You will be referenced next episode. Uh, This week, we're sponsored by Kind of Funny vs. Galactus and Fortnite. We'll talk about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the topic of the show. That's that's that. So blessing. I, of course, like to give you a little bit of shit at the beginning of this episode, right? Mm-hmm. I like to come out here, tell you, hey, you know, make your trophy, trophies public. You know, let people let us come in your house. Let us come over to your house and throw a meet and greet. Give out no. your phone number on the air. You know what I mean? No, absolutely not. I do this historically from a place of love. This week, it comes from a place of great anger and envy mm. if you may or may not recall weeks ago now we said hey you know it'll be a fun segment let's go through the playstation 5 launch lineup and let us make a bet on who can get the most metacritic scores right or closest and then we'll go from there so we set this up called predicting the ps5 metacritic we went through the launch lineup guessed the metacritics for it it was for the first time in forever not a price is right rules It was just the closest. Whoever could get the closest to it got the point. If you got it on the nose, you got two points. We alternated picks as we went through them. Uh, It was going to be then for this episode, November 30th slash uh, December 1st. On the line is a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And as you know, Blessing, I'm all about the pomp and circumstance. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm here to put on a show for everybody and do this different stuff. I will start from the top saying... You beat me without mercy. <laughs> like, not even, it's not even close. It, it starts hard and it just gets worse. Where we yeah. said Sp- Spider Man Miles Morales on the PlayStation 5. What's the predictions for Metacritics? Uh, I said 92. You said 85. I knew I was going high, but I thought I got a shot here. The actual 85. You got it on the fucking nose. It's 85 as of right now. So that's two points for you. Then we had Demon Souls Remastered. Blessing says 90. I say 91. Actual, 92. 
Oh. I get a point. I don't get shut there out. You go. I get on the board. Good enough. And then here's where the bloodbath ensues. Bug Snacks. I say 80. Blessing says 79. The actual PS5 Bug Snacks Metacritic is 74, making it 3 to 1 Blessing. Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Blessing says 83. I say 79. It's at an 86 on PlayStation 5 right now. People are lacking that game. Blessing 4, Greg 1. Astro's Playroom. I swing for the fucking fences here. I get nuts. I say this game won't be reviewed because I'm thinking of it's going to be more of a tech demo, similar to the Astro packing with PS4. You say 83. Actual Metacritic fucking score, 80 goddamn three. (laughs) That means Blessing has six points. I have one point. Godfall. I say 74. Blessing says 68. The actual is a 61. Blessing goes up seven to one. And then Sackboy, a big adventure. Blessing says 81. I say 84. It's actually 80. Blessing Damn. wins eight to one. Greg, where did it go wrong? What happened? I, from inviting you, hiring you. I think hiring you is where I screwed this up. You know what I mean? Like I should not, we should not have brought you on. I am flabbergasted at how much I was trounced on this. Do any of these in particular surprise you? Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, I, like that was the guessing game from it, especially for a year where we hadn't played anything. I think it would have been interesting if we could have uh, done the usual 2020. If there would have been a more normal E3 or PlayStation presentation or whatever, where we would have gone and actually gotten hands on with stuff, right? Where, granted, some of these games we had had, like, you know, like Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed, we'd played a bit of, but you still don't know how that's going to come together on, right? So to take the look at them, right? Like, I thought Miles would be higher than an 85, which again, as when I said 92, I remember you being like, dude, you're nuts. Remember Metacrit? Yes, I do suck. Thank you, Kevin. Remember that, uh, it does, uh, you know, skew downward for the most part in terms of an overall score, right? Like even when you're getting tens from IGN or nine fives from IGN, you're still ending up with an eighty something, a high eighty. So coming out with a ninety-two seemed aggressive, but I still thought it had a shot at it being a launch title and everything. Uh, you know, Insomniac learned from the first, and again, I think it's far and away better than Spider-Man. I, you know, closer to that than eighty-five. But you played it, and you nailed it right on the fucking nose, which is so goddamn impressive. Um, Beyond that, I think, you know, I thought it was interesting. Bug Snacks was as low as it, I thought it was. Where, and I don't mean interesting from where we predicted it. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean interesting now, you know, a couple weeks after the PlayStation 5 launch. Yeah, that Bug Snacks is at an, an, a 74 right now. And again, worth pointing out, remember, these are PlayStation 5 review scores. There's fewer of them. Sometimes I saw PlayStation 4 ones or PC ones were different because I think there's more reviews in there than there were for just a PlayStation 5 one. So... A 74 for Bugsnack. And again, of course, full disclosure, you know, Jen did uh, marketing PR for that game. Not that that's what's making me say Bugsnack, I think, is closer to an 80 than it is a 74. But like, I would have thought, you know, somewhere in the high sevens for that, more than a 74 from where it all fell about. But honestly, the real shocker I thought for me was Assassin's Creed. Where yeah. like, again, and again, I think that might be a pooling thing of how many there are, but to have Assassin's Creed uh, at an 86, that's really fucking hot. Yeah, because I think the the reason I came down at 83 was because either Odyssey or Origins came in at an 83. Like, I think it was Origins 81, Odyssey 83. Yeah. And uh, I figure, like, yeah, if they're if they're coming off of, of those games, right, like, you imagine that they're going to, in a similar way for Miles Morales, you're like, you're, they're going to take the learnings of their previous game. I figured that would be the same thing for Assassin's Creed. But see, that's what's fascinating about it, I think, is, and I can pull it up, I guess. Uh, but like, it was the idea that I was doing the same thing on the original scorecards here, which is going to be all jacked up because I went, how I went and got it. Which episode was that? That was like in September, I think. We're going to go to no, September like, 21st. 
four weeks ago was it september i don't know i remember today when i was clicking through all my old documents to find it it was done on episode 39 uh which is september 28th wow Time flies by buddy yeah uh, i had done that so like let's, you're right with it right where Assassin's Creed Valhalla, right? Uh, it, well, uh, Origins had an 81 on Metacritic at the time. Odyssey had an 83. So you guessed 83. I guess 79. But what I didn't take into account for, and I don't think either of us did, was again, the amount of PlayStation 5 reviews there'd be versus everything else. Because mm-hmm. right now on Metacritic, doing the fill-in, right, just of Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 86. However, oh, that's PlayStation 5. Xbox One Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 82. PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 Assassin's Creed Valhalla 80. See, it's when there's when okay. it seems like when there's more uh, not doesn't seem it's true. I think when there's more reviews, that's when you see it actually start dipping because there's just so many yeah. more opinions involved. When it I, I and I played it, I think the opposite way, where I was thinking more that there'd be fewer reviews, the scores would be in a different spot than they were here. Or no, I'm sorry, I, I was thinking there'd be the normal amount of reviews. And yeah. that's what that's what threw me off there. Yeah. What about you? What are you surprised by? Uh I mean, Godfall being so low kind of surprised me having played it because I like I get it having a 61 on Metacritic, though I probably would have gone a bit higher. But I've also not like gone to endgame in that game. Right. Like I'm still fairly early to be playing that game, but but just playing it. Right. Like I think the combat's pretty fine. Uh, like it is fun at times. And I think it's be- it's a beautiful game. There's so many things about that game that works well enough, like on a technical level, though, creatively, like a lot of it seems creatively bankrupt and so i i get creatively that. bankrupt <laughs> I, damn I, I, scathing I get, I get like godfall uh falling in like in, in in terms of that but i figure like the parts of it that do work and parts of it that are good probably would have carried it to at least like a 70 um, i remember that was the one we were like the most in the dark for right where we're like yeah. all like there's nothing going metacritic wise it's just dev uh counterplay games in terms of what i had for background on it and so yeah like all we knew, right, was that it looked pretty and it was like, you know, this slasher shooter or slasher. Slash, slasher they don't want to call it games as a service. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think, yeah, we were too bullish on that, especially, I mean, coming in and seeing what it actually was, even though, like you're saying, maybe you would be higher than a 61. Yeah. Demon Souls being so high is a pleasant surprise, too. Like, that's sure. one that I, I, I wasn't expecting. Like, we both got it like just a tad bit uh, low, but coming in at a 92 is very impressive. And I would have predicted that it, ha- it would have the highest meta score, uh, but I wouldn't have. I don't think I would have predicted that a 92. Like that's Remember, yeah, very well, this good. Is the arguments we had on the episode, right? Where Demon Souls PlayStation 3 is at an 89 on Metacritic right now. Yeah. So you're coming in and out, out kicking the coverage there as well. Now, so I owe you a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Yes. I got to get you a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Fine, whatever. You tell me when you want it. I'll have a DoorDash to you or whatever. He'll be happy. Hey, you buy okay. me one. I'll go get it for him. That's fair enough. Kev Dash better than DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. Uh, however, I would be fine with that. I wouldn't be as grumpy and envious probably if this doesn't come with also just what is the killing blow of the kind of funny uh, PSI Love You XOXO Fantasy Critic League. If you remember. Oh, yeah. At the beginning in January, we of course uh, set up kindoffunny.com slash PS League. This is using uh, fantasycritic.games. It's a place where you go and basically fantasy football for the year. But instead of football players you're drafting, you're drafting video games. You have a specific budget that you get to work into to buy and trade and make moves and stuff like that. Uh, we did it, of course, with Jonathan Dornbush, uh, 
from IGN, uh, Gio Corsi from Predator Hunting Grounds, Ilphonic, and then Callie Plaguey uh, from uh, GameSpot. And so, wait, is it Plague? Did I screw up? I did screw up, didn't I? Callie Plaguey. No, it's Callie Plaguey, I think. Did you get it right? Okay. I'm, I'm yeah, you got it right. I'm always terrified of saying Callie's name wrong. Uh, and I then I do it. Uh, anyways, we invited them over. Everybody did it. We went through. We did the draft and stuff. And then real quick, everybody stopped paying attention except me and Boston. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there was the thing mm-hmm. where there were still some moves being made by Dornbush early on. But then he just... I mean, he Dor- just, Dornbush filled his in. I, here's he the thing with quit. Dornbush. He's dead. There was, a, there was partway through the year where me and you realized that we could take off games that were not going to be released. Yeah. We would have, like... I think we also had, like, one free drop for an upcoming game in the year. And yeah. I don't think that was ever established with Dornbush. And so Dornbush filled, filled in his league, I think, halfway through the year. It was like, all right, let's see how this goes. Whereas in August, I think I was still like, okay, well... This game got delayed, or this game is coming out. And so I'm yeah, gonna you were still play super active on it, and it was that thing yeah. where I usually forget like a moron and then do something too late. But it was no big deal. Uh, it's been an interesting thing because I had rushed out early with uh, Last of Us Part Two being my number one pick. I got way ahead of everybody and we had this commanding lead, even though you knew that would dribble up. But it was you making all the little moves that it was like, oh man, blessings giving me a run for my money, and it's going to be interesting to see how this all nets out when we actually get to the other side. Now. There's two things, of course, that happen in there that are interesting. Number one, if you remember, I took a chance and bet on carry-on. I had carry-on added to my uh, uh, team, even though it's technically not on PlayStation. But I made the proclamation as a bold player that that would, in fact, make the hop before the end of the year. I'm giving up on that, so I can't even count the seven points I got off of that. Uh, What I talked about before was that I got confused and tried to pick up, what was it, Amnesia? Is that the one I wanted? I've tried you to pick, pick up one of up, uh, remothered broken yeah, yeah, and yeah, trying yeah, to pick yeah. up something else. Yeah, I, I tried to pick up the that. other horror game that everybody was excited for, and I instead got confused and got remothered broken porcelain, which will lost me twenty five points. Now, here's the thing: I lost twenty five points on remothered. Okay, whatever. Even if I had those twenty five points, blessing beat the living shit out of me. Right now, my list is this. The Last of Us Part 2, Minecraft Dungeons, Blood Roots, Carry On, Bug Snacks, Star Wars Squadrons, Hyperscape, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, Sackboy A Big Adventure, Dirt 5, Remothered Broken Porcelain, and then I have Overwatch 2 on here as if I have a shot of that actually happening or whatever. That's, yeah. like, that's my Hail Mary. And then I have a blank spot I can still try to play if I wanted to. But like, meanwhile, Blessing hey, Steve. Like, it's Twin Mirror. Like, I'm trying to think of other games that are still coming out this year. Uh, uh, when's that Prince of Persia game coming out? Prince That's, of Persia next That's next year. That's next year. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Blessings team looks like this. Marvel's Iron Man VR. All right. Then Neo 2, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, uh, Black Ops Cold War, Mortal Shell, Ghost Runner, Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time, Astro's Playroom, Samurai Jack Battle Through Time, Dark Pictures Anthology, Anthology Little Hope, Demon Souls 2020. So... It's one of those where I think I was going for, I thought, I don't even know what I was going for. I thought Last of Us Part 2 was going to be like this big bonanza hit, but you have so many 10s and 15s on the board. Because if you're not, if you haven't paid attention, the idea is that this goes by Open Critic. For every point you have on Open Critic above 70, you get a point for your fantasy team to come up with your totals. So for instance, Neo 2 on Blessings team has an 85, meaning he gets 15 points. So, you know, Last of Us has a 93, so I got 25 points off of that. But to go by Blessings, right, he's got 15 for Neo 2, 10 for Fall Guys, 11 for Ghost Runner, 15 for Spider-Man, 15 for Crash, 14 for Astro, and then 23 for Demon Souls. He also has no 
minus points. You can if you dip below 70, you lose points. So Hyperscape lost me five points and then Remothered lost me 25 points. <laughs> so blessing putting on a clinic on this, and then as if that wasn't fucking enough, if that wasn't insulting enough, that blessing currently has 124 fantasy points to my 70. My paltry 70. And remember, too, I was talking shit about Jonathan Dornbush. Jonathan Dornbush had a 61 and still has uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising numbers to post. Not that that's going to save him and get him to me, but it could. If that, yeah, wasn't insul- if that wasn't insulting enough, Blessing still has fucking cyberpunk in play. His number one pick for the fucking fantasy draft still hasn't come out and been scored yet. So you think I'm gonna I'm gonna win this? You think like I'd say you have this you in the bag. The only thing that could possibly get in your way is, do you think Cyberpunk 2077 under delivers? I mean, in, in the context of this fantasy draft, it would have to get like a five on Metacritic <laughs> in order to like do any decent damage to me. Sure. Um, but like divorce divorce from this fantasy critic right like can cyberpunk under deliver like obviously like the answer is yes like anything can, yeah. can under deliver will it i think is an interesting question and i don't like i don't i don't i don't know like i'm very excited for cyberpunk uh the closer and closer we've been getting to the game the more and more i've been looking forward to it i'm still bummed out that the next gen versions won't be available it at sucks, launch man. that is like yeah. the biggest sting for, yeah. uh, for me in that game because i would love to play that game uh in a smooth 60 fps or at least like with uh higher res and all the effects and ray tracing and all that stuff and you know it's cyberpunk is cyberpunk so it's still gonna be fun hopefully playing that game on ps4 um but that's a bit of a bu- that's a bit of a bummer to me but as divorced from that yeah i don't know like I'm looking forward to it i'm excited for it but i think that's mostly based off of one it's in a setting that hits with me better than uh witcher right like witcher is cool witcher which is awesome all stuff but i'm not really a fantasy person and cyberpunk setting wise uh vibes with me more it reminds me of a lot of deus ex and i absolutely love uh deus ex human revolution and mankind divided you know it, it skews more towards that direction but then also just has a different kind of rpg vibe in terms of it being this first person uh choice driven choose your own path kind of thing as opposed to the witcher 3 like it, was, it speaks to me on all those regards um but again like i don't know like anything can really go wrong when it comes to a big ambitious game like this yeah it's fascinating right i feel like yeah we're definitely pivoting away from things so congratulations on winning everything and you're fucking amazing yeah, you never we know man you, whatever no shut up shut up all right they do know. <laughs> sorry could be terrible but no, even, I mean, yeah, even divorced from the points, because again, yeah, I'd have to have a complete collapse <laughs> for you to lose this thing. Like, I'm fascinated to see what happens with Cyberpunk. Because, you know, we've talked about it on a multitude of the shows of, man, like, you know, where's your excitement level at? And I think with PlayStation 5 and Next Gen and Spider-Man and all these things right in our faces, it was easy not to be like, oh, yeah, Cyberpunk's gonna be great when we get it. I'm not, you know, I'm fine. I can wait, I can wait. But now I find myself in that, always shitty position we all find ourselves in as gamers where i'm trying stuff over the weekend i was like eh, yeah i don't this isn't hitting i don't want to play this i want to play cyberpunk i want to do this you know i, I was uh, having the incredibly nerdy moment the other uh, week where i was walking uh, with jen through the park and you know she's talking about life and family and real shit she's like what are you thinking about i'm like i'm thinking that cyberpunk's gonna be the first rpg i ever actually role play in 
And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, you know, like I, you know, I feel like when I start these other games, I start and I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to be Supergirl. I'm going to be Taylor Swift. I'm going to be, I'm just going to play and do all the right things and be this, you know, straight cut character. But as you know, we've talked about with cyberpunk, it seems like such a gray area of what's going on in night city and what, what you're doing. And no matter where you start from, you're in a shitty place where you're trying to survive and trying to do whatever you need to. And so like we had just watched wall street. And so I was like, this sounds incredibly dorky, but I'm thinking about naming. I'm thinking, I'm, I know I'm going to start Cor- Corpo, right? For mm-hmm. in terms of my cyberpunk backstory, I think I'm going to start Corpo and I think I'm going to name him Bud Fox, who's Charlie Sheen's character in Wall Street, the Michael mm-hmm. Douglas movie or whatever. And, so, and I'm like, something about doing that. And I'm not that I need to then replicate everything Charlie Sheen would have done or whatever in fucking Wall Street, but it gives me this idea of like, I actually want to try to play a character at which point, and here's another level of fucking nerdy. I've never talked about. I thought about coming home and downloading a, uh, like dungeons and dragons character sheet and like filling that out. And then actually having that, like try to like, you know, decide how I handle situations and what I do for people. And like, cause even like watching the, I think it was the second E3 demo where they did go corpo. And then you run into a lady in a suit at the end. And there was like a whole thing of like, tell her to fuck off or do this, blah, blah. And I'm like, I could actually see myself doing the things to get in her favor while still trying to screw her over in the grand scheme of things. If that makes sense. Yeah. And so like, that's a weird, I don't think about my Western RPGs that way. Yeah. I was going to say, have you ever played uh, an RPG that way? Or like, is there an RPG of a similar scope and sense of cyberpunk that you've played that you've really enjoyed? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like for sure, I love Fallout and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like even that, and granted, like you know, we're talking. I'm talking about a game I've never played. When I talk about Cyberpunk, I've seen demos. You've gotten to play it. Uh, I may be giving it too much, but I feel like there's just so much more area to explore for characters. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Whereas, like, I love Mass Effect, but like, sure, I gave Commander Shepard a background and chose what I wanted to do, and I chose to be the fem Shep, and I did these things. But then it was it was back to my argument that Infamous always was, of like, do you want to be Paragon or Renegade? And it was like, well, once I've picked one of them, don't I only want to be that? And I know Renegade wasn't bad, but it did start to disfigure your face and shit, right? And so it was like, it's a binary choice to me, of once you make the choice, you've committed that you're either a good guy or a bad guy. And it's how mm-hmm. Infamous was, you know, Infamous 2 flips it on its head at the final choice. You know, it did the same thing in Jedi Knights, the, uh, you know, the Old Republic, right? Yeah, Jedi Knights, the Old Republic. Knights, the Old Republic. KOTOR, yeah. Uh, a game I love from Bioware, right? But it was the same idea. Are you going light side or dark side? And it's like, well, once I start down the path towards any of those sides, why would I ever change? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Whereas I feel, again, you could tell me if I'm wrong. I feel more of like, I playing people against each other is possible in this saying what you want, saying what a character would want to hear in a situation doesn't fuck you over saying something else to somebody else and like trying to play these relationships and keep them all together. And maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think that's how it feels. That's even a different vibe than what the Witcher did. Cause I felt the Witcher was very much once you established who Geralt was, that's who I want, how I wanted to play as him. Yeah. Like Geralt is, is, is his own character. And the thing I like about the Witcher that I think is going to reflect in cyberpunk a lot is the fact that for so many of the choices that you make as Geralt, there will be multiple sides that you can totally see why you would go whichever way, like in terms yeah. of the ways that certain quests would play out. Like they did, they did a really good job uh, in terms of navigating that gray area with all these moral decisions and trying to make you struggle a bit with where you want to go. And Cyberpunk seems like it's going for a lot of that, but like le- less so in the way of in The Witcher. It's like 
oh, but if you screw over this person, this person's child gets murked, or if you or if you do or if you save the child, then you doom this whole village, right? Like that that sort of thing. Uh, as opposed to that, cyberpunk very much seems like a hey, everybody kind of is in it for themselves, and like you kind of have to your your role here is basically to figure out how to navigate these streets of Night City and figure out like how to fend for yourself and how to. Uh, uh, play your own character and exist within this city that is filled with corruption and uh, like weirdness and crime and all and, and, and all this stuff. Uh, all that stuff kind of appeals to me. I think that's even part of why I like the fact that the game is first person, which was a thing that when it was revealed, I know a lot of people were like, "Ooh, I don't know how I feel about that." I like it in the sense that I like I, I just like the fact that you're playing as your own character as opposed to a Geralt or a uh, even uh, even if you are uh, creating your own character, right, and it's a third-person game, there's something about that uh, that still feels like you are in someone else's shoes as opposed to your own shoes. Sure. Uh, and like having having this game be first-person and so choice-driven and so so uh, much about being in there and like doing your own thing and making your own choices, I find to be something that I'm I'm craving right now which is again like why yeah. I can't I can't wait for it uh I'm I'm with you that there are games that I'm playing uh now where I'm like oh I could just be playing Cyberpunk like Immortal Phoenix Rising is a good example of being being about 6 hours into that game this weekend and thinking about like a oh man it it could be okay I could I could see myself getting into some of these puzzles if I keep playing and like I I there's this whole open world ahead of me but I know in the back of my mind that right now I'm not getting the experience I want from this game. And there's another game over the horizon that I could just save myself for. Yeah. I think, you know, you said a lot there. I want to jump off of but to come straight from immortals. It was the exact same thing for me. You know, I mean, I know we'll talk about it and what we've been playing, but you know, I'm five hours in and it is that thing of like, man, gameplay is good. Like it's cool. I, I there's a ton of shit to unlock and upgrade and do all this different stuff for. And it's Ubisoft mixed, you know, a Ubisoft game. Like I always talk about, mixed with a comedic story and all this different stuff, but it's that thing of like, but it's just terrible timing of not only am I, yeah, I'm, you know, hopefully a week away from starting cyberpunk and being obsessed with that, but I'm also still 30, 40 hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Assassin's Creed Odyssey does a lot of what Immortals does just in a different way, but it's the same idea with the map and the collectibles and the thing. And it's that thing of, well, I've already put 35 hours into that game. Why wouldn't I keep playing that if I haven't done everything there? Why wouldn't I, you know, go through and complete all that shit in that? But even then, when I would go back to that's what I did is I'd play Immortals. Be like, mm. I should play Odyssey or uh, Valhalla. Sorry, start up Valhalla, and then I'd play for a little bit and be like, ah, but this isn't Cyberpunk because it's it's you know compared you know apples to apples of what we think Cyberpunk's going to be. Like Odyssey is that exact same thing of or God damn it, Valhalla is that same thing of like oh Avor is Avor. Like Avor is a yeah. character who I don't really connect with. Like I love the combat and I love I love you know the uh, skill trees and shit like that. But I don't vibe with Avor how I vibe with Cassandra. So then it becomes that Assassin's Creed is just a game where it is just kill some stuff, get some stuff, get the skill points, you know, invest, get to the next point. And you know you go on these quests. And to what I was talking about earlier, like there's you know not clear, but there's you know right and wrong. Do you want to side with this guy who's got like the scars and is doing all the crazy like yelling and shit like? Probably not. I understand what he's doing, but I am a Viking, but I don't feel like Eivor is this throw caution to the wind Viking. At least, you know, it's like, it's not the same thing as if I, I know if I make a choice there that like my brother's going to get pissed at me and this is going to go off and off this way. Whereas like cyberpunk feels like make the choice and see what happens kind of thing and see what the actual ramifications are going to be three hours from there. 
Yeah. And like even I've only I I I booted up Assassin's Creed Valhalla for like 10 minutes before I was like okay, no, I'm not in the mood for this. And I like quickly uh, switched to another game. But even within mm. those 10 minutes, it seems like Eivor is a character who, who has a past. Like Eivor is a character yeah. that is coming from something and you're piggybacking off of that. And I think that's a really cool thing with the life paths in Cyberpunk where you can choose, okay, I'm going to be a corpo or, oh, I'm going to be a, a, a nomad, right? Or, oh, I'm going to be a street kid. Like you, you choose what your past is, which I think is very important to how you're going to approach being this character and being like, I know like it is a name, quote unquote named character, the name being V um but like that's kind of this seems to be the only thing that's really pre-established and you take that and you take your life path and you just roll with it which i think is very cool because you mentioned how you want to play as a corpo because you want to emulate uh what you watched in uh in wall street Street, whereas for me like i look at it and i I started i did the corpo path in my preview and i was like okay this is cool but it seems very it seems very driven by uh manipulating like the pieces and money and like you know talking to the right people and all that stuff which is cool and awesome uh but i think i'm probably gonna go the nomad path because i i just like Mm. just thematically i just like the idea of hey i'm just this person and i am i i roam the lands i do my own thing you know i'm a loner i i i play by my own style and like you know i'll i'll talk to people and interact with people when it is being used to uh, either to my benefit or being used to better a situation, but you know, I'm 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 in this world and I'm trusting nobody. There's something about that that appeals to me in this specific game, uh, and I like the I, I just like the fact that I can play a whole RPG, like a whole 40 to 175 hour maybe uh, RPG in that fashion. That sounds fun. Yeah, and I think that's what speaks to me about it. Where it's like, I look at Nomad and I look at Street Kid and I was just like, oh, that doesn't vibe with it. Like, I like the corporate mm-hmm. espionage. I like being on the inside. I like having a fucking weird suit, right? And I'm trying to go that way about it. And it's, you know, you, I think you nail it, what you're saying of like, Eivor has a backstory. Eivor has had a life. And granted, so has V, no matter where we pick up with him or her or they. But I, back to the, you know, Dungeons and Dragons sheet, I still... I'm tinkering with doing it. The problem is I'm not sure how much is going to be filled in, right? Mm-hmm. When you go in and give yourself a, your my own backstory, but then like something I have to do in the game contradicts it or whatever. There has to be like a cyberpunk tool that somebody is going to make. It might not be out now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but... somebody eventually will for sure. But like, I feel like that'd be, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to tackle this game in a way I don't tackle most games. And I, you know, I was thinking, you know, when I was doing uh, Persona 5 Royal at the beginning of the year, I was keeping the diary. And that was very specifically like, I know that I'm going to get uh, be pushed off this path again and by other games I need to review, but when I inevitably get back to it, I want to make sure I'm not completely lost. I actually was thinking about maybe trying to do some kind of like another diary or vlog series or some shit like that of actually talking about what I'm doing in the game and why I'm doing it and how I feel about characters and shit like that. Yeah, that'd be, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you say that, like I would love to do a, or maybe, maybe it's a segment on the podcast, right? Like maybe we do like a PS I love you cyberpunk talk segment or something something along those lines because i i i think that 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 would be a fascinating and fun way to play this specific type of game um though i want to ask you right like is there any way you think this game i guess doesn't live up to expectations expectations in general but more specifically to your expectations 100 percent. like i don't you know i think that like the way we're talking about it and even the way i'm framing it and the way i'm talking about yeah you know like doing character sheets and all this other cool shit like yeah that all sounds well and good, but what do I get when, what do we get when we get it? And it barely runs on PlayStation four. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my biggest thing is like, I'm right there with you. I'm like, God, it sucks that the next gen thing isn't, isn't available, even though they waited, but have they gotten it to run well on PlayStation four? You know what I mean? Like, 
yeah, you know, why aren't people playing this game right now? <laughs> why? Where yeah. it's a gigantic game and like people don't have copies of it for review yet? That's weird. Like, there's a bunch of stuff, and I mean that could just be totally normal in spoilers and leaks. But like, we obviously we've seen it, you know, street day be broken in a few different places. Like, I don't know. Like, I, it's you know, we've all done this long enough and played games long enough to know that you can never say never when it comes to the video game industry. Mm. So like, I don't think that CD Projekt Red, who has nailed it for so long and knows what they're doing and know what the expectations are would get this far into it and be launching a game where they're like oh fuck this is not going to work this is not going to do what it's going to do but what is going to happen and then also what are the expectations again i'm talking about journaling and doing this content and shit i've never even played the fucking game like what about when i do boot it up play for five hours and i'm like ooh, you know what this, this is not me. for me yeah, yeah exactly like that's the downside of knowing so little as somebody who's played it, do you think that could be the possible turnoff? Like, because I feel like when it comes to Western RPGs, you and I are aligned, right? Like, you talk about Fallout Four and Fallout Three, and like mm-hmm. those were I games I, I fucking dug and platinum to Fallout Four, right? And loved Fallout Three, and like I feel like coming off of that, and like even the way we're talking about characters, the fact that you're excited about it and have actually played it, I feel like okay, cool, it should be fine. Yeah, and I and I I, I think I am mostly excited about it because of cd project red even more so than my own preview because my my preview was fun right it was a it was a good preview but again like i only played like three to four hours of it and that was also via uh uh streaming it online as opposed to playing it natively and so when it came to action stuff that was also that was always a thing of man okay i think the the shooting feels good but also like you know i have this element of lag and so i kind of have to make up for that in my mind and figure out where i where i stand with that uh but with all all that stuff taken into account like I'm excited for for Cyberpunk coming off of The Witcher 3 and seeing and seeing it put in the setting that I care about more. But then Perfect. also like during during my preview getting to the point where the world starts to open up and walking outside and like seeing uh uh, uh like a sushi stand, right? Like some like a, a a food stand where somebody's making sushi and walking over and like looking down and being like, "Oh yeah, this seems very well realized." You're walking to a bar and seeing all this going on and being like yeah, no, this seems like a world. Like this, th- this world actually feels uh, filled with personality and character, and like a lot of tech- technically impressive uh, animation and like art, art, great art direction, and all that stuff. Like it seems like a fantastically produced game in terms of budget and scope and all that stuff. That I guess for me just naturally entices me because I like looking at shiny new things. Uh, beyond that, though, like yeah. there are so many. There, there's there when we when we talk about expectations uh in terms of cyberpunk right like i guess for me there's just so many things going into it that i'm like yeah no it's gonna take a lot for me to uh either get turned off by it or be let down by it even though i feel like my my expectations are pretty high for it at this point because again i'm coming into it from loving games like fallout loving games like deus ex uh you know seeing seeing how good witcher th- witcher 3 was uh and playing it and being like yeah, okay, I can see where I can I can see where where, where where this can go down. Like there are certain things that I didn't love about the preview, and that was mainly like the um detective mode called. Thing, right? Yeah, the de- detective mode, mind something. Mind um, meld. Mind melding. Like that stuff I I was like, all right, cool. Hopefully this isn't a large part of the game. And I I fingers crossed, I don't think it will be. Like I imagine in total it'll probably be like maybe an hour of mind melding throughout the <laughs> game. Hopefully, maybe there's way more. Maybe you do that on every mission. Um but like as long as that stuff is few and far between, like there are gonna be those things. As long as like the game brain has, dance. Brain dance, thank you. As long as the game has a good story and keeps up 
that level of quality, then I think I'll be good to go. And I think you, I, I mean, I think you'll like it. Like going off of the fact that I think we like the same RPGs. Like I, yeah. There's nothing about it that sticks out to me as like a whoa. Like I, I, I there are certain, there's certain stuff is term, in terms of like depictions of certain characters that I've seen people talk about. And I'm like, oh sure. yeah, I definitely see that. And I hope they, I hope they tackle that stuff well. Um, but like on a grand scope, right? Like zooming out and looking at it, I'm like, no, this seems like so. This this seems like I'm gonna have a, a blast with it. Yeah, that's the hope. And I mean, you know, even there, you're saying the same stuff I am, where it's like, or that I feel right where I, you, The Witcher was so much fun for the 35 hours I played of it, 30 hours. But then it was just like, this just ain't my world. Like this, it just isn't my jam, right? This like fantasy olden times thing. Like that's not what I want. Whereas cyberpunk being a, you know far future or whatever near future you know technological mashed up with society like everything about that sounds a cooler world that i want to exist in and i want to go see the different things and i want to investigate the different buildings and characters and side missions and see how they all met together and how that actually feels as a game yeah that said i could see this game also being a red red dead redemption 2 where people play it and they're like this is fantastically produced and has scope and budget and all those things but then also the uh either it feels archaic or feels too much like a game from 2015 because cd project red is is taking all the things they learned from witcher 3 which i don't i don't think that'll be that'll end up being the case but it could be could be that it could be hey they they just did they they did way too much in a way that makes the game feel overscoped and it just doesn't deliver on that like i could see those things those things being the case but 100 again like those are the things that are beyond my uh like my view like our purview yeah and i think that's that's the thing we're they're talking about right where it's like we're definitely talking about both our our wishes and fears for this thing and i think that comes from not knowing what it's going to be and what it's going to feel like and where you're going to go and what you know what it does feel like after i think you know for me it's always the staying power of a game and wanting to play it for 175 hours or whatever the you know cd project red dev guy's crazy time is like that's all well and good, but if it is just the same rinse and repeat missions and dialogues and everything else that's happening for 30 hours, am I going to want to stick it out? Am I going to want to keep going and do that? And like, there's definitely a, a possibility that I could, that there'd be a great uh, reward curve to that and gameplay curve to that and feel the, you know, yourself getting more powerful and what you're chasing and what you're doing. But yeah, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. And I'm, I'm really, really interested to see how this all nets out when reviews start dropping and people get their hands on it. Same. Blessing. Greg. I want some PlayStation updates, but before then, I want to tell you about our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Greg, and this week Kinda Funny is sponsored by What the Golf? It's snow time, and it's available exclusively on Apple Arcade. Obviously, we've been fans here for a long time. It's the golf game that's not really about golf. What the Golf doesn't play by anybody's rules. Uh, it's out right now. Of course, the developer, Triband, uh, is infamous in the development scene. If you didn't know, at the Game Awards one year, they brought a bunch of golf balls and thought it would be funny to drop them all on the red carpet, and I said, no, that's a legal hazard and liability, at which point they just rolled them down towards the stage one by one. I said not to do that, Jeff, but they still did it. What the Golf, it's snow time, is available exclusively right now on Apple Arcade. Of course, What the Golf won Best Mobile Game at IGN's Game of the Year Awards in 2019 and Best Mobile Game at the Game Developers Choice Awards in 2020. Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. What the Golf is a lot of fun. Jen and I did a whole night of co-op with a bottle of wine once and it was a great time, but not about that. Don't worry about any of that. Instead, worry about What the Golf, It's Snow Time, available right now exclusively on Apple Arcade. What's up, everybody? This episode of PSI Love You XOXO is brought to you by Kinda Funny vs. Galactus. That's right. If you didn't know, we're all addicted to Fortnite. And Tuesday, 
Galactus comes to Fortnite to end the season. We're all going to fight him. That'll be happening on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames on Tuesday. It will be happening at 12.45 p.m. Pacific time. One o'clock is the actual event. I know what you're thinking. Greg, you dumb-dumb, I'm listening to this Wednesday. All right, this already happened. Yeah, I saw Galactus. He showed up. He danced. Everybody had a good time. I didn't know you guys were streaming. I didn't watch. Don't worry. You can go to youtube.com slash games where the archive of the stream is posted, probably unless something catastrophic happened. And if that happened, then you go to patreon.com slash games and you give me $5 and you say, I'm sorry, something bad happened. So, uh, But uh, don't forget, we're going to fight Galactus in Fortnite, and I'm very excited about it. Are you excited, Kevin? Super excited. Very, very excited. I can't wait to see what happens. But I'm also scared. You know what I mean? A little bit of sphere. Mm -hmm. A little bit of fear. Ladies and gentlemen, find out if we can beat Galactus. Find out what the next season of Fortnite looks like. And do it all with Kind of Funny. Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Later, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. All right, what's the PlayStation updates for the week? Greg, will the PS5 actually be a bigger success than the PS4? What? I asked you this question because there's an article here from Andy Robinson at the VGC who says PS5 was the biggest UK big or PS5 was the UK's biggest ever console launch. Uh, he writes here, according to the publishing sources speaking to VGC, launch sales for Sony's console far exceeded the UK's previous record holder, 2013's PS4, which sold some 250,000 units in its first 48 hours. The most popular PS5 model at launch was the more expensive disk drive edition, VGC understands. However, the sales figures come from uh, come with some caveats. Due to significant supply constraints for both Xbox Series X slash S and PS5, the consoles would likely have, have sold even better if more stock was available. Uh, SIE has so far not shared any sales figures for the PS5. However, last week it claimed that globally PS5 has recorded the biggest console launch sales in history, suggesting that it has sold more than 2 million global record previously set by PS4. PS5 is tracking very well in sales in the UK, Greg. Will it be bigger than PS4? Overall, worldwide, when it's all said and done? Mm -hmm. You want to say no, right? Like, I mean, PlayStation 4 caught us all so off guard. I remember, you know, in the PS3 era, you know, at IGN, people talking about, oh, well, next, we'll do one more generation of consoles, then it'll all be unified it'll all you know this will all fall away people start getting out of the industry or whatever so to see playstation 4 be such a runaway success and move so many units you then look at playstation 5 and go well there's no way they can do it again there's no way that this can happen again right you, mm. we sit here and we talk about uh, amazon luna and stadia and xcloud and xbox wanting to be an app on your tv right Th that all spells breaking down the walls of accessibility and getting, you know, not having to have a, a box underneath your TV, not having to have something else you buy to play your games. If we're truly moving that way, then that would have to say that PlayStation 5 can't be as successful as PlayStation 4, right? But do you think we're truly moving that way? We're moving that way for sure. How quickly are we moving that way? Mm -hmm. and, I, and it's because it's so easy to be like, oh, bandwidth sucks now and streaming, you know, capabilities aren't that great now and so on and so forth. But if Microsoft is all in on it, if Amazon is all in on it, if the can country can get its uh, shit together for broadband across the way, does it actually move it? It's so hard to say because obviously, like we've talked about before, these things are going to sell out at launch. And, and to, you know, uh, VGC's article here, like, right, like, obviously, if they would have had more, it would have been even more successful. But it's the fact that, we can't have that many out ready to go. So you have to go off what you have. And then are there that many more PlayStation PlayStation fans now after a generation of PlayStation 4 being so dominant? 
that they're going to go out and switch it and buy the PlayStation 5 at this crazy clip. It, I mean, it's one of those where my every fact I say and, and talk about it, I say, no, it can't be it can't be more successful than PlayStation 4. But then you start thinking of dreaming and yeah, how much, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I was having this conversation a little bit with Tim this morning, and he he mentioned something that I, that I kind of optimized a little bit, right? There's the fact that there's just more people playing video games now than there were mm-hmm, mm-hmm. seven years ago. And that number is continually, continually, continually growing in a way where looking at these numbers, like, I think we we're talking about this a little bit earlier in the year, talking about the estimated PS5 sales. And I think even Sony estimated, or at least it was, it was reported by Bloomberg, that they were expecting the PS5 to sell less out the gate than the PS4 because the PS5 is going to be $500. And uh, I think that was like at the start of when like work from home and all the stuff with COVID started yep. actually really, really going down. And that kind of put, put, put everything in the air in terms of what to expect. And now that cards have started landing and we're starting to see where things stand, the fact that it seems that, yeah, in the UK, within the first uh, uh, the first sales period, right, here they're, the PS5 is outselling the PS4. Very impressive just from a price point alone. The PS5 coming out of $500, the PS4 being $400. Uh, and with that the case, with that being the case, you know, when I think about where the PS5 is at now versus where the PS4 was at during the PS4 launch, software-wise... Like over the generation, PlayStation has built something. Like there, there is an excitement. Not that there wasn't excitement before, but there's way more excitement now. I'd say in terms of sure. first-party software and Spider-Man and Last of Us and uh, Tsushima and Horizon and Ratchet and Clank and all these games that Sony has built into their stable and have made a solid part of of uh, PlayStation Studios. Like the fact that 2021 seems so stacked and. Uh, you imagine people are going to show up and this is also a very weird point too because a lot of these games are going to be on ps4 also but you imagine yeah horizon forbidden west god of war uh ragnarok throwing out the idea that it's probably going to be on ps4 too and then everything else coming out next year you know ration and clank and other games slated uh i think that's just going to lead to ps5 outpacing the ps4 maybe significantly if they can get enough units out there I think you also, you know, hit on an important point there where I think so many people have been like, oh man, I wish they weren't supporting the PlayStation 4 with, you know, a a Horizon for them or a Miles for them. You look at this though and what we're talking about, right? Where, yeah, more people are playing games than ever and more people own a PlayStation than ever. And so why wouldn't you want to continue to give those people games that they're going to love and then also be able to show them how much better they look on PlayStation 5 so people upgrade them? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not... it Again, I think when you start talking about what we're talking about it sounds crazy it sounds fanboyish to be like yeah the playstation 5 could be or is going to be a bigger success than the playstation 4 but i can see the case like i don't think i don't think it's a slam dunk either way but i can definitely see it you know and even like you know Mm -hmm. tangentially to the point of you know uh poe bought this at launch you know like i you know he took one of my pre-orders like and not took it as in i hit him up like hey do you want one he hit me up and was like hey i'm trying to pre-order one do you know where i can i was like oh man i got one for you if you want it And, and like that's he's I always talking. He's always the person I bring up as my most mainstream gamer friend, right? Who kind of pays attention, but doesn't really like he plays games and loves his PlayStation, but not like we do. He's not listening to podcasts or anything like that. And then to have my, you know, other friends who are hitting me up trying to get their kids the units and try to figure this out. Like it's definitely out there, but it's always so hard to tell at this moment. Yeah. Launch is, is never the actual 
barometer for what's happening. Yeah, this it's is not, what the real story is. It's not actually – like, we're dealing with scarcity because it's launch, right? Like, what if there were unavailable – or unavailable uh, – unlimited amounts of PS5s out there? What would we actually see in terms of numbers going for launch at this price point? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, 2021 looks good. What does 2022 look like? What does Xbox uh, bring to the table when they start firing on all cylinders with their first party and the next cloud and everything else? And then when do you see a redesign on a price drop and then a, a PlayStation 5 Pro and all these different things that could motivate people to continue to put money back into this ecosystem and keep buying more, right? Because that is one of the the growth, one of the reasons PlayStation 4 is so successful is that so many of us bought a PlayStation 4 Pro. Like that's why the number is so huge for PlayStation 4 is because you had the initial run, obviously, and the initial success, but then a reason to get another one. Like there was actually something motivating you to go to get another one. Yeah. I'm I'm very fascinated to see. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about the years beyond 2020 and 2021, because yeah. I, I I think what you said at the beginning in terms of game streaming and the directions that direction that takes uh, is going to play a big part of when we talk about PlayStation, let's say five, six, seven years down the line, because I, I think 2020, 2021 is pretty uh, spoken for in terms of the PS5 is going to sell, I think out of this world because right now it's launching at, at a critical time where COVID, uh, COVID is, spiked game activity right people are showing up to buy games or showing up to buy consoles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and then also 2021 in software is just insane uh but yeah when you talk about hey what does what does game streaming do or what does even game subscriptions do when we talk about game pass when we talk about other subscriptions and then also like what are the other folks doing in terms of first party software or software just available on other consoles in general right like does that mess with the momentum of ps5 uh in the overall sales compared to the ps4 and that's i think that that is definitely a we'll have to wait and see thing yeah you know i think it's you were on the playstation show and we're the playstation money hats and sony ponies and all that jazz mm-hmm. i think you know i always bring up microsoft x cloud their first party stuff i'm interested to see what that actually does because that part of me does just wonder if it's too late just that like they're like PlayStation already has what we're talking about here. It has this fan base. It has this thing. It's coming off a hugely successful generation. And since Xbox wasn't able to open this one with the salvo of Halo Infinite, it wasn't able to open it up and be like, this is why we're the best p- place to play. Look at these games. I wonder if they've again, lost the momentum there. They've lost that first impression so that all people are talking about is PlayStation five. You know what I mean? All I ha- and granted, I know the, Internet would love to tell you that, oh, the only reason people are hitting Greg up about his, about PlayStation 5s is that he's the PlayStation guy, right? Like, that is not how my friends see me. My friends from college and high school don't see me as the PlayStation guy. They see me as the video game guy. And they're all coming to me trying to get their hands on the PlayStation 5, not the Xbox. If it, it doesn't matter what I, you know, what I play or where I'm at, they know that I would know how to get an Xbox too if that's what they wanted to come get. Mm-hmm. And so, does Xbox lose that momentum in a way that they aren't able to actually change the course? Like, I think, you know, we talk about, I always talk about Xbox one failing because they didn't believe in their own vision. Now I think Xbox believes in their vision, but can they get anyone else to believe in it when everybody else is running to PlayStation? I think right now they're in a place where, yeah, like they've, they, they've lost, they, they're, they're not on the course that they necessarily want to be. And I think that become that comes mainly with the loss of Halo Infinite uh and like Halo i think Infinite it's not was, that they're on the course they want to be i don't think they're where they want to be on the course yes that makes yeah, sense? Yeah, okay. yeah 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 and i and i think but I, I think like to your to your point i think they will I, I think they will get there i think their course 
it, their course goes beyond just software. Like their course, their, 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 when we talk about xCloud and we talk about Game Pass and all this stuff, like I, I keep thinking about Phil Spencer and him talking about uh, a streaming stick for Xbox or getting or, or talking about yeah. uh, putting Xbox apps on smart TVs. Yep. And I think that is going to be a big uh, part of what Xbox is this generation and just in the future in general. Like I, I making games accessible and affordable and making them a thing that anybody can jump into despite big price points, I think is going to be huge for Xbox. And I think it's going to count for them as a win, especially because they're going to be talking more so about user base as opposed to console sold or boxes sold, uh, which is going to be big. And I think right now, yeah, they are not where they want to be on that course, but I think Halo, Halo Infinite was more so like a stumbling block as opposed to a, like you know face and palm like fuck man we sure. like, we fucked it like we're done for this generation kind of thing because i think they're still going to be like i think I, I think seven years from now the story is going to be oh yeah xbox is all over the place like everybody loves xbox like xbox is great and then the story for playstation will we'll still be playstation right like the story for playstation will be oh yeah they got spider-man they got all these awesome games they got uh 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 the dual sense or what, like what are the things you want to point to that makes the, the playstation ecosystem the playstation ecosystem they're gonna have that uh and i think i guess like the question is then seven years from now like what what is the more ubiquitous way to play games because i think this is a very fascinating conversation because i think like nintendo is in a very interesting place as a company because they don't give a fuck about what anybody else is doing they thrive by doing nintendo by making great software and by making the hardware that they want to make and people will buy a switch just to play zelda or play mario or play whatever the fuck they're making on nintendo and i can see playstation and this is going to sound crazy i can see playstation occupying the same space seven year, years from now a lot of where, people already have it in that space right where they play everything mm-hmm. third party on xbox but they play they have their playstation for exclusives yes and like i think what xbox is doing on their side is so uh smart and feature thinking in terms of giving everybody access and breaking down barriers and and doing what they're doing on the hardware side and on the uh just technology side in general whereas playstation is kind of sticking to this uh not archaic because it is it is present like what playstation is in place is in a place where they are thinking about the right now and that is going to do they're doing what's tried and true yes and that is going to make for depending on how things go right like if if what xbox is doing ends up being the more ubiquitous thing because it is so accessible to everybody uh that is going to then turn playstation into the hey we're playstation and you're showing up because of playstation games because of the playstation ecosystem and because uh you're loyal to the playstation brand which is a very nintendo thing and like i in in that regard right like i don't think there will be winners and losers i think that will just be a hey you know play where you want to play play how you want to play which is also no, yeah thing. It's 100% the future you just spelled out is what each of them see it as. Mm-hmm. I just wonder which one ends up being more mainstream. And I understand, mm-hmm. of course, obviously the $15 one is. The one that's on your your phone, your TV, your everything. It's all there ready to go. But is it? Like, again, if, if PlayStation 4 has had this seven years of just fucking crushing it, and then PlayStation 5 starts out of the blocks and ha- it seems like it's on the same pace. And that you already have that. You already have a connection to those boxes. You already have it. And then you have this giant TV and you have this amazing picture quality. Like, at what point are you looking and you're comparing them as a person and you're like, well, 
sure, I'd get all this cheaper and have it there, but there's going to be a little bit of latency and it won't be as sharp as this. And, oh, if yeah. the internet goes down, you can't play anything. I, I There's such a hard thing of, because I'm excited. You know how much I love streaming and you know how much I love Xbox's vision, but I wonder about how, again, to have my friends who have sh- never given a shit about games, not Poe, but other people, hitting me up trying to get their hands on this. How hard is it then to switch it, the messaging one day, seven years from now, and talk to them about like, no, you just need a controller or the controller you already have and sync it through this and do this thing. And yeah, it's not that it's like impossible by any stretch of the imagination, but are they looking when they sit down a mainstream gamer, are they looking for what's easy and turnkey and they've known forever because it's archaic and it's what it is, or are they looking for the best deal and the best library and the best whatever? Because again, it's software that's moved these things. It's people wanting to sit down and play stuff. So yeah, I know you know plenty of people we know do think of PlayStation like they think of their Switch and there's exclusives they play on it, nothing else. But if you've been, if that's all you care, if you only play a couple games a year, is it a big selling point to then say, well, then don't forget about Game Pass and all this other stuff? I I, I don't know the answers to this. I don't know how you talk to a mainstream gamer. I think we always get so caught up in what we're doing in the hardcore circle and what we think's cool and what is admittedly cool and how great a, a deal Game Pass is, but it's again harder to sit there and champion champion that when so you know as long and short of it it's the same thing i've said for years people you know whether it be girlfriends whether it be boyfriends whether it be husbands whether it be uh, uh parents who hit me up and like hey kid x really wants uh this console but should i or wants video games should i get him this console or that console or should i do this or that my question is always like well what do they want to play like, what a game are they talking about? Because it's never about the console, right? If you want to play, if they're all talking about Bloodborne, you want to be able to play Bloodborne. You don't give a shit that you just got a brand new console and Bloodborne is not even available on it, right? Like, this goes back to, you know, this goes back to what we're always talking about of like, what is the best place to play games right now? It's the PC. The PCs are fucking amazing and have a gajillion megahertz and the TV. It's all wide and yada, yada, yada. But that isn't, it isn't the it isn't what people run off to the stores to buy, and I know this is very loaded loaded story because of course PCs are a different thing, and it's not as easy just to go buy them yada yada yada. But I feel like PC gaming, in the way we think of PC gaming, of needing mm-hmm. the new R- RTX card and all this other shit, right, is such a multiple rungs up the ladder of commitment to video games, whereas consoles aren't that commitment, and the how does that commitment to wanting it to be good enough consoles are good enough they get you in they let you play games it can be your hobby you can take it to the 12th degree of rtx is streaming good enough for that is an xbox app good enough for that or is an xbox app seen as just something that exists and is neat but doesn't catch on because somebody wants to play a very specific game yeah i mean i think the question for me becomes if it's not good enough yet, when can it become good enough? Like if it becomes good enough in three, four years, and I could talk to my, because uh, my, my sister has has children, right? If I could talk to my sister and be like, yo, my nephews can play Elder Scrolls 6 if they wanted to for just $10 this yeah. month on your TV. Uh, and I just, I hand, I hand over an Xbox controller for them to use, right? Like if it's good enough, then yeah like i think that changes i think that changes the scope of the conversation and in, in what video games look like by the end of the generation versus what it looks like now um but it's a big it's like a big if like it, totally. it is a big like hey if gaming streaming is able to take off and be a way that people 
uh, uh, feel is like just good, right? Like if you could, if game streaming becomes more normalized and more approachable and accessible and easier to do and better in a better experience uh, overall, then yeah, like I think once you get to the point where it's good enough, then that changes things. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a lot. It's and that's why you get to back to the question: Will the PlayStation Five actually be a bigger success than the PlayStation Four? It could totally be. It mm. might not be. Nobody knows. And that's I've been around long enough to know that all this shit changes on a dime. I just think that right now, uh, you know, it's a precarious time and you can't take launch as the, oh, this is what's obviously going to track for the next eight years, next decade, right? But it is this thing, you know, even in the chat, chat Rex Orr is saying, as someone who's closer to the mainstream, uh, all the rappers and influencers are talking about the PS5 and the casuals and all the casuals I know are talking about the PlayStation 5. Like, again, that's, that's you know, Rexor in our yeah, chat right now. Sample it's sample exactly. like, I, I would say the same thing, right? Like on TikTok, I feel like every other day, maybe every day, I, I come across a TikTok that is a joke about, you know, getting your partner the PS5 or like, this is what I do for a PS5 or I'm going to rob this man for the PS5, jokingly. Uh, yeah. Like those types of things. And it's like, yeah, that is because it is... it. That is be- because PS4 has already had this built-in fan base through a successful generation and also like this box being the, the 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 thing that feels way more new and exciting and and Miles Morales being accompanied with it and Demon Souls and all these different factors that fall into it um but yeah like how that translates to it selling t- against the PS4 like I'm totally with you in terms of anything can change halfway through the generation and that's going to determine whether you see drop off or whether this thing keeps blowing up and and continues to deliver we'll keep watching we'll keep watching uh Number two on PlayStation updates. Uh, this is a PSA. Speaking of PS5s, stop buying scalped PS5s. It's my PS, uh, PSA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I am pulling from an article from Rebecca Smith at PlayStation Lifestyle who writes, uh, there's a PlayStation 5 scalp, scalper who makes 40000 in one week, $40,000 in one week. Uh, and bought over, he, bought over 40, he bought over 200 PS5s for resale. Right? The uh, article goes like this. While Notorious Scalper Group Crep Chief Notify have been making headlines through through their exploits. An unrelated loan seller has also managed to earn himself $40,000 in a single week from the sale of PS5 consoles. As reported by Business Insider, the man only referred to as Mark F. managed to bag himself a haul of 221 PS5 consoles to resell to desperate customers. U.S.-based seller acquired his stockpile through a combination of bots in genuine online sales. Between 110 digital-only consoles and 111 disc consoles, his enterprise cost a a grand total of $99,500. He's, he's then been reselling the consoles for $1,000 each, more than double their original price. With at least $500 profit on each machine, he's making a, he's making a fairly significant sum of money. Just last week alone, he managed to make $40,000 from PS5 sales. With many people clamoring to get their, their hands on the latest console, he seems to have no shortage of potential buyers despite his extortionate prices. Uh, even though Sony has promised more inventory to be released by the end of the year, despairing families have taken to the secondary market to make sure they can get their hands on the latest PS, uh, latest PlayStation console in time for Christmas. At the rate he's going, he's highly likely to sell all those consoles without a problem. Again, back to my PSA. Stop buying these scalped consoles. There will be consoles in stores at some point for you to buy. It is not worth it. It's not worth paying 500 extra dollars. And also, not, it's not worth encouraging these folks. Don't to encourage scalp these things. What a bummer, man. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, as somebody now who, like, I have a friend who hit me up looking for their uh, kid, 
And so now, you know, I'm on the hunt again and I'm doing it with them and like looking for stuff, but like to go to like, you know, I, where was it? Walmart the other night, I had it in the cart and you hit the button and it fails. I'm like, Oh God, you know what I mean? Like you get this, then here's somebody just going out and getting 221 of them to flip and fuck people over. It's like, Oh man, that fucking sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And so stay away from scalpers. Sony said there'll be more PS5s replenished. And so keep a lookout for those. Uh, and then last one for PlayStation updates uh, on the from the PS PS blog, uh, we have our PlayStation Plus games for December. They look like this: Worms Rumble, Just Cause Four, and Rocket Arena. Rocket Arena was the one that came out this summer from EA. Yeah, and so it's pretty interesting to see that one already come to to PS Plus. Definitely one that needs an audience, right? Like I think that's the moral of it right as you see more and more not more and more but like even when you look at like uh, destruction all-stars coming this way or everyone wants to point to the success of rocket league or fall guys like obviously these games that need a player base that need people to be a part of them it makes so much sense to get them on here which is why the other one you know like that i've seen kicked around so many times is when is avengers coming to either game pass or playstation plus like when are you going to do something with that game obviously to Mm -hmm. try to get the numbers back up on it and get people back into it I got some PlayStation picks this week, Greg. Uh, of Lay course, this where we highlight a few of the cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. Uh, for the big hitters, there's quite a few. We got Rainbow Six Siege coming to PS5 on Tuesday, December 1st. Twin Mirror coming to PS4 on Tuesday, December 1st. Immortals Phoenix Rising coming to PS5 and PS4 Thursday, December 3rd. FIFA 21 coming to PS5 Thursday, December 3rd. And then Madden NFL 21 coming to PS5 Thursday, December 3rd. Uh, where, where are you at with Twin Mirror? I'm, not yet ready. i've been excited for it i worry because i feel like there's not been enough marketing for that game mm-hmm. uh like because it's a it again for like context for people right it's like a, it's a don't nod game that is this supernatural uh uh dude with abilities going through some weird shit i don't know he too can much go about into it. his his mere world mind yeah and like i'm into it i kind of I, I dig the premise it reminds me a little bit of uh fahrenheit slash indigo prophecy whatever you want to call it from uh, quantic dream back in the day on ps2 and yeah. i kind of i kind of like those vibes uh but like one i don't think they've at least i've not gotten a review code for it um then also like i don't know i feel like for a, a don't nod game like a in an adventure game coming out from don't nod or narrative game whatever you want to call it i feel like there should be more like i don't know like press hype, behind it yeah. press yeah excitement and yeah that was the thing is i played it i played it for a preview months and months and months and months and months ago and i was like this is weird right i see you know what i'm sorry let me take that back this is the weird part of pandemic i didn't play it i watched a demo of it uh, that was a, a video that expired when it finished or whatever hmm. and it was like did i play it? i honestly can't remember anymore if it was me playing or if i was watching it be played maybe i played it and then i watched something about it it doesn't matter for the long thing it was a weird game hmm. where it's just even the way they were telling the narrative was weird and then to go into his shattered memories minds i was like i don't know what the fuck's going on like i still want to f- play it because I, I like don't not obviously i want to see what this one's all about but like it, i agree with you like you think of like what you see for a life is strange what you see for Tell me why thank you very much yeah where's the hype for this one why isn't anybody talking about this yeah, and so that worries me a little bit, but yeah, I also want to try it out because I do love those don't nod games. Uh, and this is the one that like I've been like both tell me why in this game 
uh, were announced, I think, like either a year or two ago. And both of them, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And then when uh, as we were approaching, tell me why. I was like, okay, there are other games I'm playing. Maybe I'll just wait and just play Twin Mirror instead. And now I'm like, oh, man, I hope this one is good. Because if not, I'm going to be bummed out that I, I skipped Tell Me Why to wait for this one. <laughs> uh, and I might just go back and just play Tell Me Why instead. Never too late on Xbox Game Pass. Tell me why. That's true. Uh, we have some actual PlayStation picks. Uh, starting with Worms Rumble, which I mentioned before. That's the PS Plus game for December. It's coming out on PS5 and PS4 on Tuesday, December 1st. Kevin, I got the trailer for this one if you want to play it. Oh, he's playing uh, te- it. Team 17 presents Worms Rumble, the brand new installment in the long-running Worms franchise, introducing a real-time arena-based 32-player cross-platform extravaganza that puts a new spin on your favorite warm, warmongering invertebrates. Kevin, was this the game that you're really into? No, you're thinking of Worm Jazz. Which is a puzzle game. You That's what I was thinking of. I was really hoping you'd have you'd have a lot to say on this. <laughs> I I've been because I mentioned Worms Rumble multiple times. I've been waiting for Kevin to chime in. He's not chiming <laughs> once. He's like, I can't wait to take it. I'm gonna set Kevin up. He's gonna knock him down. We're gonna play yeah. Worms. Growing up, I, I I liked Worms. Okay, what can you tell me about Worms Rumble? Play, pretend that you have been playing Worms Rumble. What are your thoughts? Oh you know? man, not a lot of people playing online right now. Hope they join. You know what I mean? Yep, and with with it being free on PS Plus, there's gonna be a whole lot of people, you know. See, there that's what go. I'm talking about. See what I'm talking about. You need an online community. You put it on PlayStation Plus. What a weird looking Worms game. I never you played know? Worms. Well, they're you know you usually mean? like turn based. Like you're already, like going through and doing things. This is like so action oriented oh, here, where you but like right. a normal Worms, right? You sit there you and wait, yeah. You aim, you do your thing, and then you let it play out and see how it all falls and see what explodes. Yeah, it's I like mean, a Worms. Are, I remember Worms being a big deal on xbox 360 when we'd all play at ign but that was years and years and years and years and years ago you know what's not like worms what's that chronos before the ashes ps4 on tuesday december 1st chronos before the ashes is an atmospheric rpg that chronicles a hero's lifelong quest to save their homeland from a great evil grow wiser stronger and more powerful as you explore explore the depths of the mysterious labyrinth but beware the labyrinth takes a heavy toll each time your hero dies they lose a year of their life. <gasps> yeah, I saw this one as I was like going through the games that are coming out this week, and this one stood out to me. It looks pretty cool, and I wonder, I wonder what how that mechanic like manifests, the, like losing a, a year of your life. I wonder if that's like a Hellblade thing, where spoilers is a, is a lie, because in Hellblade, <laughs> in Hellblade, they're like, the more you die, the more likely it is we'll erase your save or whatever, and then you learn that like, or I don't even think you learned this. I think people online were like, hey, I died a billion times, I never lost my save. Um, I wonder if there's an actual mechanic here that's involved in terms of you losing a year of your life. It'd be cool if you like got older and older as the, the more and more you died, because sure. uh, that'd be fun. But either way, the art style looks cool. Uh, I'm into it. It has like a kind of a almost like a minimalistic, or not even minimalistic, but like more basic kind of art style in terms of it being more cartoonish. If that makes sense, like it's not, it's not like a fucking uh, 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 like rpg s fantasy you know i'm i'm a detailed character in a detailed world kind of thing like it seems like the art style here is more so like a uh more light in terms of what it's going for i see it but i'm into it you gonna play I like how it looks probably not yeah no you got no time for that you gotta... but i like how it looks yeah cyberpunk right it's gotta be coming soon right that's One the thing days. man and that's what's what you've been playing right like as we transition into that like what we were talking about earlier, like that's the thing is cyberpunk's so close. So I feel like I've been bouncing around. It's why, honestly, I think uh, 
in terms of what you've been playing, like I think Fortnite's found such a resurgence here with us. Yeah. Where like right now, you know, me, you, Joey, Barrett, uh, Kevin, obviously. I, but it's obviously, but Kevin's on, running the show still. So What's that? Uh, we've been playing Fortnite every night, it seems like, in the, sometimes during the day. And, you know, Kevin knocking out all his challenges, Barrett knocking all his challenges, being over 100 on the battle pass. Like, I think a big part of that is uh, obviously how much fun the game is and the Marvel universe sucking us in, but also definitely the fact that, you know, we're all building towards the end of <laughs> the season tomorrow or today as you record this or listen to this. And also the fact that, Fortnite's the perfect in-between game where it's like it doesn't require too much of your attention in terms of what are you doing? There isn't some 30-hour thing we're all working on right now. We're all playing little matches you can bounce out of whenever. Yeah. No, I've been I've been really digging playing Fortnite lately. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very curious about what this Galactus thing is and what the next season is. Yeah. I'm really excited about it because I'm not actually participated in one of these big season-altering events. And so I'm... I'm I'm ready for the hype. I, I, I want to know what that is. Uh, but yeah, it's been such a good, like, like you said, cyberpunk's around the corner. It's been hard to really commit to anything. And so like when I look at the games I've been playing, it's been, I've been chipping away at Yakuza Like a Dragon. I played a bit of Morals Phoenix Rising. And then, yeah, like also more Fortnite because like those are the games that I feel comfortable with because I don't want to start anything big right before cyberpunk comes out and derails me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, you know, I still, I know I've said it before and we said it recently too. I still can't get over how much fun Fortnite is and how much there is to do. And like that idea where there's the games where it is nothing about uh, trying to win. It's only about trying to knock out the challenges or work on yeah. something for Kevin. Like, you know, what I mean? it's, it's been great. I've, Kevin, never, I've never been a challenge person until uh, I started playing with y'all. Like yeah. I've always been about the W's and yeah, like playing for this last week. Kevin kind of opened my eyes. Like as, as Kevin, every time guys. we, every time we drop, Kevin's like, can we drop here? Because I want to get the circles or I want to get like, x y and z thing or i want to the fun one we did was the game where i think it was me kevin joey and barrett and one of the challenges was your team would have to visit every area on the map every in one go. location yeah every named location yeah in one game <laughs> and so we all dropped on like different areas with helicopters. Uh, where there were helicopters we took the helicopters each, spread out yeah we That's each awesome. took a helicopter and then we visited all the locations and it worked out so easily and so perfectly and then I we feel reconvened. like we got like third place on that one too right because we kept yeah we, i think we, we still did good yeah because we're beasts they can't stop us kevin i mean yeah some of us dude for sure you guys are great <laughs> you're you're good too kevin <laughs> all right kevin, uh, so, how have you been enjoying your resurgence oh man i'm loving it i'm having a love i'm actually like worried that come wednesday i'm not gonna be as excited and that like bums me out it's like ah. because uh, not Marvel. Yeah, not Marvel. I mean, because it's different. You know, it, it's good right now. We like uh-huh. it right now. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Scared to change. Yeah, it's sure. one of those things. Like, what if the change is bad? Sure. You know, it looks like a bunch of gnomes is going to be in the next season. It is not going to be gnomes. Gnomes have always been there. You have this theory it's going to be gnomes because you've seen gnomes in uh, the grave. What is up with the gnomes? Me and I don't Barrett. get the gnomes. Right? Right? It's weird. Because every time I step by a gnome, like my, my controller starts vibrating yeah. and I'm like, I don't like that. Yeah, this doesn't feel right. Uh, bless that would be the right shittiest thing in the world to follow up the Marvel season with the gnome season. Well, no, no. Well, what can they follow Christmas. up the season with is the question. There's rumors of Star Wars stuff, Mandalorian stuff. Ah, Ooh, on, that'd be, good. That'd be a that. good follow-up. I, f- I I wonder, I mean, this is all to an extent, too. Sorry, this could be uh, expired goods by the time most people get here to watch or listen. But, like, you know, so tomorrow the idea is on Tuesday. 
uh, Galactus shows up in Fortnite to end the season. Uh, there's an event. We'll be streaming at twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, we'll be live at like 12.45 Pacific time. The thing's at 1 o'clock uh, Pacific time. It'll be up on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames later unless, unless something horrible happens. Like, him coming in and fucking it up, I, I my thought would be that on top of him coming in to fuck up the Fortnite planet, like another portal is going to open up and Mandalorian, yeah, Mandalorian, whoever the fuck or whatever is going to happen, they pour through and they push him back and you guys together do it, which Mando. then sets the ground for Mando for the next season. And it's like, it's a hodgepodge of everything mixed up. So it is still a Marvel season. It is still a Mando season. It's a Disney plus season. Like, I don't know. That's my guess. Cause I, I just don't think you can follow up with a normal ass Fortnite season after this. Like you need something fucking cool. I feel like at a certain point they're gonna fuck themselves over because they do something oh, totally. so awesome, like, and then be like, "All right, I guess the next season is Power Rangers," and everybody's like, "But you, you, we just had Marvel, like, let's just keep doing yeah, this." Yeah, and yeah. They're like, "But we gotta do something else, and we got Power Rangers, What's you know." And Rangers? we all know a bunch of little Power Rangers. I mean, Power Rangers are cool, but they're not like Thanos, you know. They couldn't even fight Thanos if they even tried. Nah, he would kill them immediately. Yeah, just crush their little helmets and be over. Yeah. You know what they I mean? They get the Megazord to... and Thanos would be like, what is this? And then blast oh, shit, him with the, with the Power Stone. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, turn back be time, blast him again. See what this weekend ends up being for Fortnite. But yeah, that's, you know, it's been an easy fix for uh, me wanting to hop around. Because again, yeah, Mortals Phoenix Rising, like, I like the combat. I, the way I describe Mortals Phoenix Rising is I enjoy playing it. When I'm playing it, I'm having fun. And then as soon as I put it down, I never think about picking it back up. Like every time I've played it over the weekend, it wasn't like, oh, I gotta play more. I can't wait to play more Immortals. Like, oh, I should play more of that. I have it early. The review embargo's up on Monday. I should play some more of that. And then I jump in and play it and unlock a new power, you know, unlock more stamina or whatever to climb. But it's like such a weird, oh, this is Breath of the Wild mashed up with Assassin's Creed. And sometimes they get it wrong. Where I think one of the cool things of Breath of the Wild was the, hey, I'm gonna wander and just find shit. And this one for Phoenix is like, you can still do that, but you can also in the same way, pretty much with any Assassin's Creed game, go to the top of the statue and then just look around and mark everything on your map. Uh, your, map is just, your map is just filled with all the stuff you can go to. And it's kind of like, oh, okay, well shit, I could go for more health. So I'll go get all these ambrosias I have. And then I, but then I get into the going to do it. And I'm like, why don't I just go play Odyssey? Like, I feel like Odyssey does this better than this does, but this is fun, but Odyssey, it's weird. Yeah, I really wanted to like Immortals more because I because of how much I love Breath of the Wild. But at every turn, I feel like the game compares itself so much to Breath of the Wild that it's almost impossible for me not to compare it to Breath of the Wild in so many instances. Sure. And the more I do that, the more I'm like, okay, well they didn't do this as well, or oh they like the 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 thing where you climb up the tower and yeah, like you get into your I'm just gonna call it a super scope because I don't know what else to call it. You get into your super scope and you start marking literally everything, and it's like. Okay, well, that just took out the fun because now I just have a map filled with, with icons. And like the cool thing about Breath of the Wild was, okay, yeah, as I'm like looking around, I see cool landmarks. And it's not necessarily about marking that on my map immediately. It's more so about me opening the map and then putting in like my specific markers so that I could uh, come back to this thing, right? Because I have like a yeah. limit of like six, or I could put put down like symbols and stuff for Breath of the Wild if I wanted to. But it's more so on you, the player, to do that. And like it's cool to be like okay cool like i have shrines that i'm looking for and you see an orange glow in the distance and you're like oh that is definitely a shrine you like go check it out like they're they're the thing that i think immortal Phoenix rising does well is it lets you 
explore at your own pace and and kind of pick and choose how you want to play in the open world, which is what I want to see out of open worlds. But I think it totally misses the mark in terms of uh, the actual feeling of discovering something and feeling really cool and really satisfied by what you discovered and how you discovered it. 100%. Uh, and like the, so much of it, I feel like reeks of somebody played Breath of the Wild and they were like, we can do this. Like we're, we're, we've made open, we've made plenty of open worlds. Like, let's just do this. And they just learned all the wrong lessons. And like, I like, I took down notes last night. Cause I, cause I kind of had to like figure out how I felt about this game because I think overall it is a very fine game. And I think a lot, I think quite a few people are going to really enjoy this game. Um, I, it, it's, it if I can chime really in things as sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's timing is what's so unfortunate for it where I just feel like it's too close to Odyssey and it's too close to Cyberpunk and it's just getting squeezed into it. Like, you know, IGN gave it a seven game spot, gave it a seven. I'm right there. And what this is where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a good game. If you want to, if you, if you want to just have that kind of experience, like I feel like in a slow period, if this, uh, you know, not having the entire release, you drop this in like a f- f- January, a March, yeah. even a slow like June. Like, I think you'd have more legs for this in terms of like, Oh shit, here we go. But being here with like all the big fall releases and then still some of them to come, it's like, oh, well, this is something I could do, but why would I do that right now? Yeah. Uh, I will say I did like the puzzles in the Me game. Too. Like I saw some people were, weren't really feeling them. That was like one of the few things in the game where I was like, oh, actually, these are great. Like I really, I really enjoyed going into the different, um, they're called Tartarus vaults. Pits. Yeah, vaults of Tartarus. Um, and like they're basically the shrines in the game. And like they are unabashedly the shrines. Yes. Like that thing is like, I don't. If you haven't gone to watch or seen anything of this game, like this game could not be more Breath of the Wild if it tried. Except I guess yeah. some things it fucked up. But it is that thing of like the visual style, the climbing up of anything, the going into the vaults to get the puzzles. Dude, like, when you pick up uh, anything with like your magnet kind of thing and it looks exactly like the same animation from Breath of the Wild. Even like the fucking like, you know, you make your own push- potions so like you cook. And it's not the oh, exact yeah. same cooking mini game, but the first time I did it, I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, all right, guys. And like, again, it's a good game. Like, I'm with you. Like, I saw people saying the puzzles weren't, I forget who it was today, said the puzzles weren't like, you know, making you think or whatever. And it's like, oh, I haven't had that experience. I, I enjoy the puzzles. Like last night, I, you know, I had one where it gave, very clearly gave you the like, here's what you're doing. And then it would turn on its head a little bit. And then the last one was, there was no hints at all on what to do. Mm-hmm. And it was like turning on the dials in the right way. And it was like trying to figure out what are the rules of this puzzle. And so when I yeah. finally figured it out and solved it, I was like, that was actually really fucking cool. I felt good about that. Yeah. But again, I'm not like, I don't, I'm not like, I can't wait to finish this podcast and go do these puzzles. It was like, all right, once I was in there and I was going, all right, this is cool. Yeah. And that's my thing too, is I wish like a, a lot of the puzzles in the, in the, the vaults felt, felt like, uh, Hey, we're setting this thing up for you. And, and you can use the elements of this, uh, the items that are in this puzzle specifically or in this, vault specifically to solve the puzzle that's here as opposed to the thing i liked about breath of the wild being you have as link right you have a magnet you have this ice thing you can do you can pause time with this thing and these are all the elements that can be used in all the puzzles and we're going to yeah. set them up and knock and you can knock them down in each, in, in each and every one of them um uh i kind of i kind of wish there was something like that like i wish there was more hey here are your tools and you have them from the beginning and you can do anything you want right now go and for I- it I had thought they had done that because it was like, oh, you know, they give you the, the lift and a few other things. And I was like, great. And then, I, you know, hours in, I was playing a puzzle and it, you, I came out of it 
and they show you there's multiple things to get inside the vaults or whatever and i was missing one of the treasures like oh shit okay i don't know how i missed that and i went back in and as soon as i went back in it was like you don't have the power to actually get the i'm like oh come yeah. on like what the, the same fuck? exact thing happened to me and i was like damn it dude I, man that sucks but I, there was a, there was a vault i did last night where you basically have like a they do like a lot of things with like weight in in this game which mm-hmm. i think is pretty interesting where you'll have a a box or in this case it, they were like these big these, these giant balls that you like nah. move around and there was a weighted ball and there was a uh, uh i guess a not weighted ball and if you put you have to put them on specific types of uh buttons in order to make them do a thing or to activate a thing right and so like you'll know which one is which because a button that can be activated with a an unweighted uh, object will be marked with a feather whereas one that's that can be activated with a weighted object will be marked with an anvil and so like the ba- basically the goal of that vault was to get both balls <laughs> to the end uh <laughs> which uh in the context of, of of the puzzle and the progression of it i thought was very well done because it was a thing of all right i gotta take this first ball up to this place all right cool that then activates the thing so i can take this ball up to the next portion once i got that second ball there then that then opens up more of a path for ball one and so i go there and then i do that back and forth in a way that made me feel really cool and really genius in the way that i felt was very inspired uh and so like there are things in this game there are things in immortals phoenix rising that i think definitely work um but overall like i kind of wish there was it's not more that there another port other it's, parts i don't think it's for me personally that it's not things in this game don't work it's just things in this game don't wow mm-hmm. if that makes sense right where you, like yeah. the visual they went for again seems the breath of the wildy right and at times is gorgeous and stunning but then at other times when the characters are talking to each other you're like oh this why are their lips like that why is yeah. this happening you know what i mean and it's like again oh man there's so much to do in this game and then it's like overwhelming your map on what to go through and oh the puzzles are cool. i can't do this one thing it's like it's i it's one of those hard things of it's almost there and i feel like it's so hard to point out why it's not great why is this game good and not great and there's all these things that are so close and again at a different time i could totally see getting lost in this game and doing everything and running through again like i think the the way they tell the story of you know prometheus talking to zeus and them narrating this tale is really well done like i might you know when it first got announced the second time or whatever one of my concerns was like oh is it going to be like really in line with odyssey is it going to be very similar to assassin's creed odyssey and it's not right like even though they're dealing with uh, greek mythology and doing all these different things like it doesn't vibe that way at all and there are really cool moves and really cool powers to pull off in it but it, like we're saying it's just it's just it, it, it's just is what it is which is yeah. always the worst you know i want a game to either be garbage or fucking awesome <laughs> and so you have yeah. a game that's like oh this is solid yeah i could i could see having fun with this but it's always going to be that thing of i can always also see you taking your money and putting it into any number of other better games yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh for me outside of like that uh i like i said got pushed back to valhalla for a bit was screwing around there but it's hard to knowing that i'm going to get lost it's like how many more hours am i going to put in valhalla before i get cyberpunk and then i'm off of that uh lots of fortnite uh still chipping away at that stupid avengers fucking hive trophy thing and then i made good on our promise from last week blessing and i started Wait. five dates Really? Did yeah, you get the code it. for it? I've no, been waiting I for the code. No, oh, I you bought just it. bought it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And let me tell you, that is a that is a f. Uh, that's a that's a video. That's a video. You're playing the FMV, FMV there. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It's another game that's like. I don't know. I think I was expecting more. Like, whoa, this is getting wacky, or whatever. And it's just very much like, all right, I, you go on three dates with people and choose what you say to them. And so it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is a. Uh, 
this is kind of boring and like i could spice Aww. it up and be a dick if i wanted but like what if i don't i don't want to be a dick so then i'm just talking to these people that I, i'm on a date like i'm on virtual dates with and i'm like huh, all right okay mm-hmm. and it's a very simple system of like you can hit your uh uh touchpad and go in and it'll show you like you're tracking with them and like how well you're doing but it's just like out of 100 percent. it's like you know i, I made i purposely did a bad choice and went down to like 68 from 82 i'm like all right like, whatever Were any, like the characters like interesting no 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 so i didn't even finish it i finished the first yeah. round you pick three uh women then you go on the dates with them and then you have a friend you talk to who's kind of like you know narrating and like you know keeping everything abreast of the situation and then uh you get to you know see you pick two of them to go on second dates with if they picked you if you did well enough you go on the dates with them and it was like it was like all right cool you you know i was a, i was a complete jerk to two of them really nice to one of them and so then it was like all right cool she wants to go on another date with you and i was like I don't really want to. I just <laughs> just closed just like closed it. Walked away. I'm like, I'm good. Thanks. I don't need to. I don't need to do this. So yeah, Damn. that was my five dates experience. That's a bummer. It was. Yeah, I was looking for. I was looking forward to trying it out, but you just unsold me on it. Like I, I like those types of games where it's like, oh yeah, you're playing. You're, you're I, I, I like weird, quirky FMB, F, FMV games, even if they are not good. But if when they hit that spot of being just boring and uninteresting, that's why I'm like, damn it. Either be great or be just completely, completely nonsense, nonsense yeah, yeah, yeah. like cheese. Yeah, and, and and you know that's why I, telling lies is awesome because it's great and it's an FMV yeah. game. Like yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. cool, interesting. And same with her story. But then like the complex is one where playing through the complex earlier this year for the 2020 games ranked. You know, like that was where I came out of it being like, all right, I didn't love this, but it was cheese enough that I don't regret my my hour or two with this. Uh, same people did it right that was waves or uh, whales interactive wait was it the same people that did, that did the complex yeah, yeah, yeah oh really yeah they have that on there i'm not they might be just a publisher but no they are mm-hmm. definitely there's complex and five dates yeah they're the same people on there damn yeah i might i mean i'm i might try it out just for that try it out then. see what you, you think did the complex. see if i'm wrong you want me to wait for it because i'll uh, we can i can wait to put it on psn rank till you play it no, I'll just put it on there because who knows? If I get Cyberpunk like right after this episode, I'm not touching it. Good point. I remember, ladies and gentlemen, you go to kindoffunny.com slash 104 list. Uh, this is where we rank a bunch of different games uh, we play on uh, the PSN and screw around with. Currently, the top 10 are Manifold Garden, number two, Telling Lies, number three, Fall Guys, number four, The Pathless, number five, Bug Snacks, number six, John Wick Hex, number seven, Ghost Runner, number eight, Streets of Rage, number nine, Undernight in Birth, number 10, Super liminal. There are 54 games total on the list. Where do we put the complex? Uh, that's a good question. Oh god, there's so many things on this list. Probably now. far. It's probably further down. It's probably somewhere in the middle. I bet. Looking at this list, there it is. 44. You put it at 44. Oh damn, that's really low. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah, low. Yeah, yeah, you hate. You hate. Uh, out of out of 54. Yeah, you you fucking hated this game. Just yeah. destroyed it. Put it under Space Channel 5 VR kind of funky newsflash. Look at you hating this game. Mm, I feel like that might have been a mistake by me. I'm going to put five dates right there. I'm going to put it right below the complex. Cool. Because again, I played I played uh, an hour or two. No, it's only it's like two hours. The complex, right? Complex. Yeah, it's like two hours. Yeah, I played half of it. I played like an hour of that one. And I was I'd be more compelled to go back and finish that than go finish five dates. Mm. I don't need no more dates. All right. All right. Speak for yourself. Mm. <laughs> uh-huh. Blessing Adioye Jr. Greg Looking Miller. At what else we have on the show here? And where I want to go is simple. 
to hashtag PS I love photo mode. Last week, ladies and gentlemen, we introduced this segment. Kevin, I'm going to need you on the links here. Uh, and basically, the idea was uh, having some what was that minor kind? technical difficulties. Well, uh, don't worry, I'll talk it through. Don't click on anything. Yet. I'm just saying it's, uh, it's logged me out, and I've, I'm I'm back in. All good. Last week, uh, one of you wrote in and said, you know, it'd be cool if you guys did a photo mode thing where people could send in their photo modes and you could pick photo modes you like. And I said, that's a great idea. Blessing and I will alternate doing it each week, meaning that for week one, I decided I would go through and pick it. The way to get entered is simple. On Twitter, tweet your screenshots from the PlayStation 5 with the hashtag PSILovePhotoMode, all one word. We will then go through every week, look through what we like, and then we will pick a winner. Now, for this first one, it's just me. Blessing will get to tell you what game it'll be next time. I said for this one, since it's the first one ever, go do whatever you want to do. Just send it in. No big deal. Um, I do want to point out that we're going to get into uh, the second runner-up. I picked three things. I have a run. I have two runners-up and one winner. What do you win? Absolutely fucking nothing. But you get to be mentioned on the show and everybody has a good time. So, though, but what I want to point out is there's Last of Us Part 2 spoilers for our second runner-up. So if you want to skip this segment altogether, if if there are fucking time codes on this episode it's always hit or miss you can skip this segment altogether but the second runner up here we'll have it not the first runner up the second one everybody's still in everybody doing their thing great so if you click on runner up number one there kevin we're going to albino rhino gaming uh just this lovely image there it is of ellie i like this screenshot grabbing ellie looking in the mirror in last of us part two right the dirty mirror wow that's without ray tracing questioning her life you know she doesn't know what's going on indeed indeed uh so you're a runner-up albino rhino games congratulations i also like Uh, what what they're uh what they're doing with uh focus here where they're in focus uh for the reflection yeah Yeah. but not like the actual yeah ellie's head itself is the back of of ellie's head looking at the mirror is out of focus which has this cool look to it it is great job albino rhino gaming we appreciate you uh next one is nick i am ro yank now, this is the one with the spoiler for Last of Us Part Two. Now, again, I threw it up this year or this time around and said, do whatever you want. Do whatever game you want or whatever. So uh, Nick here went and got multiple things, which I appreciate. We will now point out for future, for future, hashtag PS, I love photo modes. You need to only send in one photo. All right, Blessing? Okay. So all multiples right, not allowed, huh? We're killing multiples, yeah. But I do like that what uh, Nick did here is it has a motif going. So as we start here, of course... Jin Sakai, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, I like that. Click over one more, Ellie and a baby. I won't spoil anything in case you got here and you didn't listen to me and you stuck around, but Ellie and a baby. Again, though, if you're an audio listener, uh, Jin bathed in sunlight. Ellie also bathed in sunlight here. It looks like a setting sun or a rising sun. Give it one more, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Remastered. Sun rising over New York, it looks like here. This is is great use of color here. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the final one for this motif, again, Ellie out there in the fields, in the sun. I like this a lot. I like the motif. Again, I'm not punishing you for using multiples. I'm just saying from here on out, no more multiples. But I especially like that Spider-Man one. The Spider-Man one looks great. Yeah, look at this. Because it it goes from, uh, for audio listeners, right? It moves from basically blue into orangish, reddish. It kind of has like a cool... Uh, juxtaposition against Spider-Man's costume with the color theming. It's very good. And then, though, for our first winner of all time, we're going to Red Devil Raj. Red Devil Raj over here has a twofer as well. He is doing Miles Morales' Spider-Man. 
first one here is just a straight on shot spider-man miles morales in his hoodie mask on there i like the blue light here i thought accentuated uh completely black behind uh his uh head or whatever so you're just really getting pulled into the visuals and then kevin mm-hmm. if you click one more over again this profile shot of spider-man miles morales from back here uh and blacked out in the background a nice blue and red light on him there i, th- I just thought these were beautiful and simple blessing yeah i like these two these are very good i think this is a good winner good red devil raj congratulations on being the first winner of hashtag PSI love photo mode. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, for you to enter, go to Twitter, put up one photo from your game. Hashtag PSI love photo mode. Blessing at Aoye Jr. You're on deck. What do you want next week's challenge to be? Oh, man. I've not thought too hard about this, but you know what? I'm going to go Death Stranding. What? I've seen, I've seen some very good photos of Death Stranding in the past, and I want to see what people can do with that game. I appreciate that one. That's a good one to grab. That's a good one. You, you don't expect to see this yeah. late in the game, you know? I know. Blessing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have a segment we call Trophies and Chill. This is usually where people send in their PSN profiles asking us to go through and look through and give them an old look-see and say, hey, this is good. Hey, that's bad. Get out of here. You're a stinky bean. But we're not doing that kind of today. Uh, we got a question to start with. We'll start with Ian writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games says, hello, Greg and bless. I love all that you do. Got a trophy question for you guys. Mostly Greg. Uh, you ever try to make your platinum screenshot something cool? I recently got the platinum for Astro. And I, if I had actually paid attention to the trophies, I could have timed it. So Astro was holding the in-game platinum and it could have been my tr- platinum trophy. But alas, I try not to spoil most of the time. So I, was, I, was looking, <laughs> I wasn't looking and got a bad trophy picture. Thanks again. Happy holidays. Stay safe. Ian. All the time, Ian. But it's hard because it's one, most time you're at the game's mercy, right? Again, one of the things Days Gone did so well was actually making it so your trophies look fucking great when they pop. When you'd get that automatic screenshot, they a lot of them uh, were designed to hang on very specific screens so it would look cinematic and look cool and not be you mid-swing of the camera and fucking garbage all over the screen. You know what I mean? Blessing, I hate that shit. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Whenever I try, whenever I I do get a platinum, I do try to like pose it a little bit. But what inevitably happens is some there's like an animation going or like some dumb cutscene happens or a load screen or something fucks it up. And so I like I don't get too angry when it happens. Um, I did somebody did send to I think multiple of us uh, a video of them uh, doing the platinum thing like in Astrobot, like grabbing the platinum trophy as they're getting the platinum trophy. And I saw that and I was like, that is genius. That is really cool. I am jealous that I didn't do that. And the fact that you can you can have it so that it captures video too now. Like yeah. I think even even more amplified, like, oh yeah, like that's really awesome that you got that uh that that footage that's cool yeah 100 percent. well that's what i think is such a nice uh, solution of the trophy videos that i'm such a fan of is the idea that yeah now it's no longer just going to be like a loading screen right it, mm. it might be but putting a little bit of time on it you get a little bit of the actual in-game mechanic of what you're getting to have a little bit more celebration yeah. than just like how you mm. got there yeah exactly i, uh, say I the... turned off the video you're such just a monster. like i feel like i feel like it takes up like space no that's what everybody worries about and nobody you know i'm the one i you're not even doing that many things you can go in there you clean it out wouldn't you rather have it than not have it what are you hiding on psnprofiles.com slash merc city 64 just tell us god of war ragnarok oh I'm my god it. i have it you'll have your review in 2021 oh my god he's gonna make us wait for it yeah. uh then we have a congratulations here to ryan ryan writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can it says hello greg and blessing eddie Oye. Junior, 
I don't know if you boys remember me, but I wrote ba- I wrote in back in February for PSN profiling. Uh, I made the outlandish claim in the segment that I would reach 200 platinums in 2020, requiring 18 total for the year. Well, I write into you both today to tell you the fabulous news that I have reached my goal. Bug snacks for number 200 to mark the occasion. Now, I had intended on earning a number of platinum trophies that you will not see on my list uh, if you were going to go back and compare. And I did say that I that I did say that they would all not all be Radalika Plats, but I snuck in a few cheap and easy ones uh, in there to appease the trophy gods. Anyway, I wanted to say thanks to the best friends who added me, chatted with me, and helped me earn some of the more difficult trophies, or those who just wanted to follow along. Hope you guys had a relaxing uh, PS5 filled break. Take care, Ryan Chenard Driz- Dizzle. Chenard Dizzle. I guess it's Chenard Dizzle. Chenardizzle. It's Ryan, though, and he's from the February episode of PSL Love You. And I've checked, I've verified here, he does, in fact, have 200 platinum trophies. So, round of applause. You did it. Even getting all the trophies in Snakey Bus. Oh. Got it. Got to Love it. You got to love and appreciate it there. Look at that. Did you try to get the platinum in Snakey Bus when you played? Uh, I mean, I worked, I always worked towards on those crappy little games. Uh, Not crappy, you know what I mean? Little games. Snakey Bus is awesome. It was the thing of, I forget how close I am. There was some trophy in there. I was like, that's going to be annoying. And I didn't do it for some reason. I'm looking at his trophies now to try to figure out which one it was. Snake Bus is a good time. I like that they had a Seattle level. And it reminded me of Seattle. Like, it was a Starbucks everywhere. <laughs> which is probably the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me see, what, let me see what, I'm, what I'm short on Snakey Bus. Here it is. I'm short five trophies. Yeah, it's this. This get a bunch of segments here. They get 420 segments for the Blaze It trophy. I was like, I don't know. Never did it. Mm. So I suck. That's what it comes down to. So you're saying trophies don't matter? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, uh, you know, I didn't want to prioritize my time to playing Snakey Bus. Now, I'd love to know what you're prioritizing your time on, but you hide it from me. I got your friend Forbidden West. God playing it i'm reviewing ladies it. and gentlemen don't listen to his lies this is ps i love you xoxo each and every week blessing and i come together to nerd out about all things playstation you can watch that show early live as we record it on patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games you can write in with your own questions you can get on the show uh you can get it ad free and of course you can get the post show we're about to do that's right exclusively on patreon.com slash kind of funny games however if you don't want to go to get the post show and support us no big deal you can stay on youtube dot com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every tuesday to get an episode no post show and ads but that's just the trade-off man that's how it's got to be you know blessing greg you're going to be looking for hashtag ps i love photo mode for death stranding next week that's your job yep your job is also to to unblock your trophies for us but if I do that, people will know that I'm playing Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart. I'm you playing it. You both know those I'm trophies wouldn't it. be on the servers yet, so it would be fine. He got Ladies and gentlemen, we got a post show to do, but until next time, no. It's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>